Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. As we are here in the morning on Sunday, hope everybody's having a good day. And we are getting set and ready to rock and roll. As we look at the NFL, AFC, NFC, North and South, it's going to be a good one. And let's get all the news and everything that is going on. Maybe switching here as we are doing what we do. All right. Sunday morning here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we get set and ready to roll. It is the NFC and AFC South. We will be looking at that as well as the North. As we are just experiencing some technical difficulties, I'm going to try to get this stuff figured out fairly quickly. As we try to get going, we're cutting out. In and out, cut out. Okay. How do we solve that problem? We can go a different route. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to restart. We're going to restart it up. Here we go. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark.
All right, here we go. Finally. Hit a couple of buttons here. This right here. Click that right here. And...
All right. Hey, is everybody there? Are you there, Cuervo? I am, Sonny. Good morning. You you uh you pulled one of my stunts and put yourself on. Mute. I did. So since we did that, we should do. We should get it. We should get it all set and do this. Let's do that. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. On a Sunday morning here on the Couch Potato Sports Show off of you, finally. Thank you for I, I'm glad I just looked to the right. Um, and there he is with Cuervo. He wasn't on because I hadn't clicked him in and we weren't on. But, hey, here we are. On a Sunday morning, that being said, it is the Couch Potato Sports Show. Me, Sonny Clark, along with, you know, like a, the announcement said, best co-host in Blog Talk Radio Land. It's Cuervo. Good morning, my friend. Good morning to you, Sonny. How you doing? I'm doing well. We're gonna. I, I, I got to figure all this out before Friday because uh, when I switch over, I get choppy and choppy, and so uh, we're trying to figure out the internet, and we're directly connected to the internet, hardwired. So not sure what's going on there. We're going to try to figure all that out as we move in and get ready for high school football that starts up on Friday as the Rowlett Eagles are at HBJ Stadium. They're going to be taking on the Louisville Fighting Farmers. Our coverage starts at 7 o'clock for that. We'll also be doing a pregame show during the week, but it's Sunday. It's what we're talking about, the NFL. I put two divisions together, uh, Cuervo, because next week we're going to want to talk, review all of them. That I was talking to myself when I was on mute. Uh, injuries are a big, big part of today's uh, situation in the NFL. Um, lots of guys that are out there that are injured and having a hard, hard time getting going. Cuervo, uh, when you look at what's going on as far as injuries are concerned, I mean, there are some teams out there that are going to really, really be hurting week number one if they don't get guys back. Yeah, Sonny, well, I mean, for some teams, unfortunately, uh, there's, you know, there's injuries that they're not going to be able to come back from. Obviously, Friday night, uh, the situation up in New England, losing Julian Edelman is is never uh, an easy thing to cope with. That's that's huge. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how how they're going to, if they're going to utilize Chris Hogan more or is Brandon Cooks going to be that much more involved in their offense or maybe some other random receiver we've never heard of all of a well, sudden. Well, don't forget Danny Amendola. He's there. Yeah, well, I mean, he's only going to play half the year, though, Sonny. He's always hurt. So we, <laughs> He'll <both>. get hurt. <laughs> right, yeah, he, he's bound to get hurt at some point in time. You know, and then this morning there's news coming out in Kansas City, if you're a Chiefs fan, about their running back, Spencer Ware. He might be done for the year, so some of these injuries, Sonny, I mean, it's not it's not a two, three, four-week situation. It's, it's season-ending. So, for some yeah. teams, they have to plan not just for a few weeks or, or a month, but they have to move on without certain guys for the whole season. So, that, to me, is the big story right now. Is It's not just injuries, but it's the length of these injuries and how teams are going to adjust 
going into the regular season. And then you got players that have been suspended. You look at Tampa Bay, uh, their situation with their running back is a, is a situation on suspension. Doug Martin and then Ezekiel Elliott for the Dallas Cowboys. The, you know, big-time suspensions uh, with vital personnel, Cuervo, and these are teams that are going to have to figure out how to get around it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big thing is, you know, getting, getting around it. It's, it's, like you said, it's not easy with suspensions and all that stuff. And you probably know more than I do about whether Zeke Elliott has even appealed for that suspension. Um, I'm sure it's going to come down at some point in time. I don't, I don't think he's, he's just going to accept a six game suspension. He's, he's bound to appeal that thing at some point. Point in time. Oh, that's already surprised, in the I'm works. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Yeah, that's that's already in the works, and and with two weeks away from week number one, I, you know the timing of this one is a big story as well, and whether or not they'll get that heard before then. I mean, the guy's going to be out week number one, but in, in my opinion, we talk, we were just talking about injuries. Zeke Elliott played last night. So when you look at, I mean, the stupidity of that move in itself, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, um, you're lucky he didn't get hurt. And second of all, if he got hurt, there's only one person to blame. That's the head coach of that football team. You can't put, you can't put Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup last night. Regardless, you know the guy's going to be suspended for a little time. And I know they want to get the, uh, I know they want to get the, you know, reps in and get him, you know, hitting guys and stuff like that. But you don't risk a guy that is going to be a mainframe for most of the time up there for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Le'Veon Bell played last preseason, and he was suspended for, what, three, four games. So, I mean, teams do it regularly, Sonny. What's a, what shocked me even more was that Tom Brady, of all people, was playing in a preseason game. I was, and when I heard that, I was like, no, there's no way. And sure enough, I saw the highlights, and number 12 is under center in week three of the preseason. And I get it, week three is the dress rehearsal. We all know that. Yep. But we're talking about a five-time Super Bowl champion, Sonny. We're talking about arguably the greatest quarterback to ever put pads on. Not arguably. Is. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe my eyes. Like, why, why would Bill Belichick even, you know, roll the dice on that? It kind of – it, it, kinda, it, kinda, it, it, it surprised me a lot. Well, it was because of the injury, Cuervo, I think that is what you're talking about. I mean, when you lose your main wide receiver, and now he needs some game-type speed with the other three wide receivers to make sure that he could be in tune with them. Um, when, you got the, when you got the guy that was injured, um, you, know, you know, that's not necessarily a big thing, and you are Tom Brady. But at the same time, I get exactly what you're talking about. You don't put a guy that's in there. You lose Julian Edelman out with the ACL. Um, and then you also got Malcolm Mitchell, who was also out with a knee injury. He's, by the way, another wide receiver. And then Matthew Sanger, uh, or Matthew Slater, uh, he was out with a hamstring. So he literally had three wide receivers in reality to try to get in tune with uh, this year. So, But look at those names. I mean, if you're late in a mm-hmm. fantasy – uh, if you're late in a fantasy, you look at Malcolm Mitchell, you look at uh, Matthew Slater, 
Um, as far as that's concerned, those guys were questionable in the game. I don't know if they actually did time, but they those guys were on the injury list for that game. So um, another guy that's injured and we're going to be talking about in the AFC uh, South uh, would be Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck uh, with the shoulders, still mm-hmm. uh, no target for him to return back into the lineup as Chuck Pagano um, let everybody say there, or let everybody know there is no timetable for Andrew Luck. And obviously, if Andrew Luck is your guy, which he is, um, you do not rush this guy back if he is not completely ready. But I go back to the fact of what happened last year. How come this wasn't taken care of a long time ago? The Indianapolis Colts didn't make the playoffs. There are plenty of time to take care of any kind of injuries for an Andrew Luck to get ready for this season. There's a dropping of the ball somewhere. Uh, you can't have Andrew Luck go the whole offseason and then um, try to figure out what's going on with him. That stuff needs to be taken care of. And I don't know the severity of the injury, so I guess I could be talking out of the side of my mouth, but Cuervo, that is a big, big, big-time uh, situation for that football team as far as Indianapolis is concerned. You know, I never understood that, though, Sonny. Andrew Luck's not the first one to – delay getting some type of surgery uh you know for for an injury that he had throughout the season cam Cam newton did that a couple years ago too if you remember he had the the uh yep was it a broken ankle if i remember i can't remember but he i think it was a high ankle i don't think it was broken i think it was just a real high ankle sprain okay well i mean regardless though if i remember right he he wound up getting surgery in like july and it's like, okay, I get it. You know, you, you just had you had just came off losing the Super Bowl, so um, you know there's a lot of uh, emotional wounds to heal. But my thing is, you got to start thinking about the next season, okay? The, yep. The, the the Super Bowl is done with. You know, it, it didn't work out the way you wanted to. It happens. You know. You know, there's a team that has to lose every year. So with that said, I mean. It it seems like it's a trend where where guys wait until you know the last minute or right before training camp begins to say you know what I think I need surgery when all along they probably knew the whole time that they needed that surgery. So um, for Andrew Luck, honestly, something it doesn't surprise me that he's waiting to to get surgery on the shoulder or whatever he needs to get taken care of. Um, because it's a trend. Yep. He's on the pup list for the preseason. They got until the Thursday before the game to get him off of that uh, if they want to keep him off. Or, but if he uh, remains on the pup list, he's out for six weeks. So that's another team. Another team that in, within the division that we're going to talk about. Another team, Joe Flacco. What is his situation? That is a huge uh, uh, situation for that football team as they head Mm -hmm. into it because of the division that they're in. Right, right. And, and, you know, that's that's kind of the advantage that Andrew Luck has is that the the division itself isn't very strong. So, you know, Indianapolis might be okay uh, waiting on his return. Uh, At the same time, though, I, I I still think Andrew Luck should have been a little more proactive getting his getting himself ready physically for the season. Yep. 
Um, looking at what you were talking about on that injury for uh, Spencer Ware, it, it's a, a posterior uh, cru- uh, ligament uh, uh, injury that he's got. Posterior cruciate, uh, cru- I can't even say it, but it, it's a ligament deal in the knee. Um, they say it's not always season ending, but uh, he will probably definitely be put on at the minimum the pup list. Uh, so that's something to get there. Also, the Dallas Cowboys, they lose a guy that could really, really, uh, for, at least here for our locals here, uh, you know, a guy that they were expecting to get into the backfield and make some moves uh, because the Dallas Cowboys, if they're going to be successful defensively, they're going to have to get to the quarterback. And guess what? They lose Anthony Hitchens uh, for, uh, for that game. He got hurt in the game. So lots, lots of injuries to look out. Key personnel. Uh, it, it's going to be a, the argument, Clairvo, and it's going to continue to be talked about. And that argument is simple. Is the preseason too long, Clairvo? So I'll, I'll put it out to you. Is the preseason too long? Oh, yes. The, 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 the same question we ask every year. Oh, yeah, I do. I, I do think it's too long. I, I wouldn't I mind I, seeing – go ahead, Sonny. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to Well, you, I, you know, I, parts of me says yes and parts of me says no, Clairvo. I, you know, I've been in the past saying, yes, it's too long. But you know what? You know, I look at these injuries and, we're, we, you know, whether you shorten the uh, preseason or whatever, you know, there's an easy way to prevent injuries to your vital personnel. And I'm sorry, there is. The first two weeks of preseason, you don't put your starters in. Cuervo, I know it sounds silly when I say that, but you never have them in the lineup in the first two games. You give them the last two games, if you're going to continue it with four, and maybe the Players Association just has to step in and say, look, you got guys that are going to be your starters. you got guys that are on the bubble trying to make the team. And I know it doesn't do great for attendance, uh, for those games, but you got guys that are on the bubble, guys that are trying to make these teams, and these are the guys that should be playing in those first two preseason games. But we all know that it's all about the, you know, the quan. It's all about the money. It's all about what's going on. And if they don't fill those stadiums, even in the preseason, it's going to hurt those teams. But if you want to prevent injuries to key personnel, you don't play, you don't even play them in the first two weeks of the preseason. And I think that could be a coaching decision, whether it's done with the players' association. Uh, you know, as far as rules are concerned, uh, you know, you've got to be able to to prevent that. And there's only one way to do it. Yeah, shorten it. Um, now, most people most people are, are in favor of doing two games and extending the regular season to 18. I, I see it a little bit differently. I think you can cut that fourth game off and make it three games in the preseason. It, because when you really think about it, Sonny, what, what, what does the fourth game do? Okay? Get game three, that's when your starters play the most, right? You want to see what you're working with as far as as your starting lineups. And, and when that fourth game comes around, though, it's, it's almost like the first game again, where the starters get the first series and then they're out the rest of the game. Like, what, are, what does that do, though? I think coaches, if you're a good coach, 
you can evaluate your team in three games. That third game, you uh, you play the most of your starters. They get in a good rhythm, and then guess what? The following week, hey, it's it's regular season time. So that would that would make sense to me. And I wouldn't even I wouldn't I would keep the regular season at sixteen games. The only thing they need to do is just cut that last preseason game out. And uh, the only problem with that is the, the uneven. That, that's the way they probably would look at it. It's uneven. Sometimes it's where teams can have two to two. I know. I well, who cares? As fans, we don't care. But when you're talking money in pockets of NFL owners, Cuervo, that is a big deal. You're talking about a game that takes a big portion of you know your revenue away from you. Who's going to be the ones decided? I know how you do it. You make the NFC one year, uh, the the NFC one year, and the AFC the next year. That's how you do it um, in order to make it for the three games. But they're still going to have arguments. You say whatever you want about personnel. It's about business. And let's be honest, Cuervo, when it comes to that kind of thing, it's not about the players that are on the football field. It's about revenue. And, that you know, and granted, when you don't have the players out on the football field, that affects revenue, but it affects revenue not as much if they don't have the game. So say whatever you want. When those games, even the preseason games, get on TV, there's a lot of money involved with it, and you're not going to be able to move away from it. And you know, and I've been listening to um, you know the last couple of days uh, about what's going on as far as the players' association and what they're going to try to win. And Mike Greenberg, unfortunately, is correct. They're not going to be able to win a lot of things, but. And they're not going to be able to win this one because that's money in the pocket. So, and they'll use the excuse that if they don't get the money from those free, they can't play their players, or it'll, you know, it'll affect the pay of the players. Say whatever you want. Those owners are going to keep those four preseason games because it's the bottom line. And whether it's right or wrong, Cuervo, we can argue back and forth. But the simple fact of the matter is, Greenberg's right. I mean, when you're talking about money and you're talking about an $18 billion industry, Sonny Clark has been calling that for the last three years. That's where it's at. Um, it, you're, it, the changes are not going to come from the owners of the NFL because this is what they want. Sonny, honestly, who, who, goes to, who goes to preseason game number four? Fans that, you know – really can't uh, afford the uh, pre, you know the regular season tickets, right? Let me tell you, a lot of these preseason, these uh, the, the sports games. I'm tell you what really happens. The the ticket owners, if they ain't got the time or they just don't want to go, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna sell those tickets for half of their worth. So the question is, how much do they really make in that fourth preseason game? It ain't as nearly as much as you would think. I'm telling you, that fourth preseason game, it's, it's, it's people that won't get the opportunity to go to a game during the regular season because it just costs too much. So ticket owners, they're not interested in that fourth game because they know that nobody worth a damn is going to play. So they sell those things for half of what they're worth, and they call it a day, and they watch it on TV if it's convenient and they're at home. So that's, the re- that's my opinion of what really happens in that fourth preseason game. So when you talk about 
revenue and all the money that the NFL makes in that fourth preseason game. So I, I honestly don't think it's, it's as much as people think because that fourth game, like I said, it, it's, it's, Hey, I'm handing tickets out for free pretty much. They're not really making as much money as people might expect. So that's why I say get rid of that fourth game because it's, it's just as pointless as the first one in reality. You you get the starters for, for one series and, um, and then you get a bunch of guys that are trying to make the the team the rest of the whole game. So, um, I don't know. That that's that's my theory on it. Uh, that's why I say you know three games, it, even uneven. I, I I really don't think that's that's irrelevant. I think that's irrelevant to me. So now if it, if it was be, my call, if it was my call, it, it would it, I would cut it down to three games because that fourth game is is it's it doesn't do much in a lot of ways. It does do I, – I agree with you. It does do much because they play one series and they're out, the starters in the fourth game. And I get it and I understand it. Um, and as much – you know, as much as we don't see – these are football teams that have got to get depth. Um, and that's the only way you're going to get that is really going full speed in a football game. Uh, like I said, I, I'm I, – I think I'm okay with four games, even as a fan. I mean, because I like seeing guys that will break through um, and use those first two games. Don't have your starters in that. I mean, if you're an owner of a football team, I don't even care. I go up and say, listen, leave those two guys out. We got guys that are fighting for time to play and fighting for position and then ease it into in the third game and do exactly what you do and make the fourth game the game where they play for the half and then the guys on the bubble uh, in the fourth week will be there. There's lots of ways it could be done, but there uh, it, it is what it is up here um, as far as preseason, lots of injuries, lots of things going on there. So we're going to watch for that. Uh, how, you know, how soon will that happen? Before we go into the break, Cuervo, I wanted to go ahead and talk to you about, you know, I've already been hearing rumblings about the players' associations, uh, what they're going to do here in not one year, Cuervo, but two years from now, as far as the players' association, possible lockouts and things of that sort. We're talking about it two years beforehand. I, what, I mean, and I get there's a lot of things that got to be talked about, but I don't know how they cannot get on board already right now and start working on that right now. I, I know it sounds stupid because it's during the football season as we're getting going, but really that has nothing to do with the powers to be and getting together and getting into meetings and start talking about this now um, because some people are talking lockout, some aren't, some saying there's no way it's going to happen. Listen, that's what they were talking about the last lockout, Cuervo. No way this is going to happen. Um, and guess what? It did. Uh, so looking at two weeks, or two years ahead of time before that this would be an issue, how come guys and how come the NFL and the Players Association cannot get together starting now to make sure that doesn't happen? To me, I'm completely baffled about that whole situation. I, I, honestly, Sonny, I think it's because it's too soon. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's four years before the uh, the, the CBA expires. Um, four years. So it's four years. Yeah. Well, this is the deal, though. 
the the NFL is is like a chameleon. It's it, it's constantly changing. So to try and talk about what is going to be four years from now, that's hard. I mean, you think about it. I mean, the the value of of the quarterback goes up every other year. So why are we talking about this then? I mean, is it me or am I just hearing a lot of it? The CBA, they're talking about the the players' collective bargaining agreement and where it will be. Are you serious? I thought it was two years. Are you serious? Is that four years from now? It's four years. So I, I, I remember I remember distinctly it was 2011 when the NFL had locked out and they came to the 10-year agreement. So 2021 is when the current CBA will expire. So that's how I know it. We've got four years until they need to start talking CBA again. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. And, why, and, why? and the fact that they can't get it, and the fact that they're talking four years right now, four years from that happening, and they're talking about lockout. I mean, it's crazy. I can't, I cannot believe what, what cannot be taken care of. And I don't want to make it sound simplistic and say one weekend and get it all squared away. I mean, I'm not that dumb. I realize it. But why can't you just take this next year? And here, I got a brilliant idea. How about everybody get to the table now and just accept and start working on it, get it done, and take away the rest, the rest of what's happening in the, in the CBA and start now. Get going now and get it set up to where you don't have to worry about it for another 10 years. And, I mean, if there are issues that are going to be strong, and there are. I got to get it out there. I was looking at some of the things that they were talking about and listening to. Some of those things do need to be addressed. But like Mike Greenberg said, hey, the, the, the NFL is holding all four aces, okay? They got a straight flush. Let's just put it that way. Nothing beats a straight flush, okay? But So they don't really have the straight flush, but they got the four aces. And that right there is going to beat most teams. Only so many things that are going to be taken care of. I think they, the CBA, I think the players that are, are the, the, the powers to be need to come together with the NFL and start getting this thing started now not wait the four years because we know that's going to be up on top especially if people are talking lockout well okay if you're talking lockout let's get ahead of it now and let's start now and see what we can do i mean i i I suppose you can start talking little details but i think like i said i mean it might be a little too soon just because of how how things change so quickly in the nfl and I think two years would be good, like like you had you originally thought that it was two years. Yeah, maybe uh, a couple of years. Right. So I mean, you know, I I think you you look back to from 2011 until now, what have been the big topics? Things like, you know, the um, you know, CTE and and the brain injuries and all this other stuff, right? Domestic violence issues, drug problems. The drug problems is, is, is it's petty. It, let's let's be real. That that's petty stuff compared to the other things that are going on in the NFL as far as the domestic violence issues and you know guys getting arrested for for uh, possession of firearms and and um, and then obviously the big thing is the concussions. So yeah, uh, I think that's why they're they're talking about it so soon. It's, it's just 
they're being a little overcautious in my opinion, but at the same time, I think it could be a good thing because, you know, you got a lot of guys that are retiring at 25 years old, 26 years old. Um, you know, the Baltimore Ravens just had a guy that a linebacker that retired at 25. So, you know, and we had, you know, obviously Patrick Willis, you know, three years ago, um, there's another guy from the 49ers. I forget his name now, but you know, young guys that are that have that fear of I don't I don't want to live my life, you know, with with migraines all the time and, and and having those brain injuries and and then eventually, what comes next? Suicidal thoughts, right? <laughs> because we've seen that happen. We've heard that happen a few times. So <clears throat> I think I think the NFL's being they're they're being very conservative about it, and, and I can understand that. Um, and that's okay to talk about those things now, but when we're talking financially, that's the part that's going to be hard because four years from now, who knows? It could go from eighteen to twenty billion, Sonny, as far as the yep. worth of the NFL. That's going to be the hard part, is the financial part. The other stuff, I mean, it's never too soon to start talking about it. It, it, it's going to be the money that that's going to slow this thing down. So maybe that may, yeah. and maybe that's yeah. why they're doing it now. Yeah, Carlos Hyde was probably the guy you were thinking of of the Forty ers as far as that was concerned. Um, if Could that, be. off the top of my yeah, as far as but um, la- the last time they met that was two thousand and eleven. Then uh, so if it's a ten year de- if it's ten year deal and it's four years out so. It must have been in 2011, and I remember specifically they were talking about the uh, the two-a-days in uh, the training camps. They wanted to limit the contact in those practices and those preseason, and also um, as far as player benefits, they were working on. Uh, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, they wanted to retroactive uh, the pension pay for retired players. Uh, during due to uh, neuro uh, con, con, congenitive uh, benefits for the players who couldn't play uh, because of concussions and things like that, those things are obviously going to go higher. Um, and, and you know, it, it's kind of interesting. It's like renegotiating renegotiating a contract with an NFL player. I think they can mm-hmm. do the same thing with the CBA in reality as far as that's concerned. And, oh, and that was also when they did the rookie, uh, put in the rookie salary cap and the $1.5 million in salary guarantee for injured players. So that is where all that it comes from. Um, and I think they could start on it now and start, you know, or maybe even the two years. I think two years is that you're, you're talking about 108 weeks. I did the math really quick, or uh, 104 weeks. I did the math really quick, 52 weeks in a year. You know, 104. If you can't figure out what you're doing here in 104 weeks before the collective bargaining agreement expires, I, I think someone's not doing their job. So it, it, <laughs> it seems to be one of those things. So. Um, well, here we are. We, I think what we're going to do, Cuervo, I think we'll go ahead and start kicking off and start talking about the NFC uh, 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 South and North uh, today. And because next week I want to uh, do a full review on everything uh, because the week after that is week number one. That's when we're going to start kicking off at 9 o'clock in the morning 
Uh, so we're we're literally two Sundays out from week number one. Getting excited yet? Oh, Sonny, you know I'm you know I'm excited. You already know I'm excited. And that's the good thing. It's it is sun, when you, when you're talking Sunday mornings and what we do here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, uh, it, it gets us it gets us all set and ready to go. That having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to go ahead and we're going to move into commercial here, get that done. And when we come back, folks, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the NFC South. We're going to start with them here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back after break, uh, we'll get into it. Who do you think is going to be on top of the NFC South? I don't think it's as easy as everybody seems to think. We'll do that when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, if it is fresh...
This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rally at Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Back on the couch for today's sports show is Tony Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as well as Cuervo here on a Sunday morning talking in the NFL. As we're going to get started here talking about the divisions, we're going to head into the AFC South. This is a division that Cuervo, I, I you know, I look at this division. And I, I'm always in question about what's going on here. In this division, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Why? Uh, I remember a couple of years back we were saying, well, this is the Indianapolis Colts uh, division, you know, pretty much by default. Well, they haven't done anything in the last few years to make them be the quote-unquote default winner, except the fact that they got Andrew Luck. That having been said, Looking at this whole division, Cuervo, I, you know, this is the stupidest, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Jekyll and Hyde division that we have in the NFL here today. And I think when you look at what's going on as far as this whole division is concerned, I think it is so up in the air out of all of them, Cuervo, it makes me kind of sick. Jacksonville, I mean, I mean, how many times are we going to sit here and uh, – you know, say that they're they're going to be in the running. Uh, well, as long as they got the quarterback, who knows? Uh, Tennessee, are they getting better? Are they getting worse? I don't know. They're mainstream, just eight and eight, you know, seven and nine kind of team. Houston gets better, lo- loses a quarterback. Now, yeah, no, there's not there's no consistency in this division, Cuervo. That makes me confident about any of my picks except the first one, which will be in last place, and we'll get to. But Cuervo, this division's horrible as far as what is in today's NFL football. And you are on mute, my friend. Well, I'm not on mute, so maybe Cuervo, uh, are uh yeah, yeah. Uh are you there? Yo, yo, yo. So I'm not sure if Cuervo's on or if he's away from his uh away from the phone or what's going on with Cuervo. I'm just gonna make sure. Nope, I'm not on mute, so everybody is on. Uh so Cuervo, do me a favor, just give me a call back if you can hear me. I'm gonna go ahead and disconnect you that way. We know, and hopefully it's not just me. So, But this is a division that is really a tough one, especially trying to figure out who's going to end up in first, last, or whatever. 
and I'm still at question because of the injuries that these teams are dealing with and things of that sort. So that's another thing that is up on top of what's going on as far as the season is concerned. Then you got guys, you know, that are supposed to be the guy. Well, they're not doing well, and that could be uh, as far as the last place team that I'm going to have on there. So you have the Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Tennessee Titans. And uh, I still go back to I don't trust the team that I have, and hopefully I'll get Cuervo back up on the air here in a moment. But I don't trust my Jacksonville Jaguars. That's who I got in fourth place in this division. And I don't trust them because of who they are. This is a football team that cannot seem to get their stuff together. Okay? And, you know, and it starts at the quarterback position. And Blake Bortles is not the answer, guys. I've been saying it for two years, and now everybody's just jumping on. Folks, you can watch a guy. Okay, after a few years and find out whether or not he's going to be able to get the job done for the team that he's on. I don't want to say that he's a bad quarterback per se, but for the Jacksonville Jaguars, this guy's not getting the job done, whether that be at some point offensive line, some point him himself, some point not being able to get the wide receivers, you know, the, you know, the ball number. Then, hey, how about the wide receivers just getting the ball? catching the ball, then it's coaching. I mean, there's just so many things that are in play here when you talk to Jacksonville Jaguars and what's going on with this football team. So we can take a look at the injuries that are up because the injury bugs are always the interesting thing that's going on. So we can look at Gaines' quarterback. He's got an undisclosed injuries. Johnson also has uh, an undisclosed injury as well. Uh, another cornerback, so you got you got uh, two of your guys, and then you have Robinson with an undisclosed injury as well. Three cornerbacks right there tells you the story. Three of them, and that and if you are a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, you got to be worried about what's going on in the secondary. And it doesn't even matter how well Blake Bortles plays. I mean, you could sit and look at this. As, let's say Blake Bortles has that halfway decent season. One of the biggest problems for this football team is definitely in the secondary as far as injuries or just keeping anything running well. And right now you're not getting it. So you got to ask that question when you move forward, okay? If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you're going to get a great season from Blake Bortles, wonderful. But really, is that the big deal here? And you and you got to ask those questions. And I don't know, Cuervo, you know, when Cuervo comes back, I don't know if Cuervo is in full agreement or not, but whether or not offensively, defensively, or whatever the case may be, it is a horrible thing going on. And I don't know. I'm not sure where it's going to end up going. Let's see here. Uh, 
Oh, okay. That was <laughs> all right there. Um, so that having been said, uh, we're all set and ready. Let me hit accept there because that's my that's my guy over there. That's Steel City Storm. We will be talking about the AFC North, but we're in the AFC South right now. So just uh, let him know about that. And let's see here. And all right, very good. All right, so we're all set. And uh, but. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, their situation, they've got a lot of guys and uh, a lot of guys that they've signed, a lot of guys that they've cut. Uh, um, Charles Gaines, a cornerback, he just came off of the IR. Um, so uh, that's a good thing. They need him to be able to get there. But that whole thing, I don't know. So the Jaguars have got a lot of problems as far as the team is concerned. So when you look at the roster and you just got to ask yourself the question, but right now Jaguars have named Blake Bortles, the starting quarterback. And I don't know if that's good, bad or indifferent. My guess is, is indifferent, but on August 25th, the Jaguars were saying, Hey, they're open to signing Colin Kaepernick. So, you know, that was on August 25th. Will they do anything about it before the preseason? Hell, who knows? But uh, Cam Newton and the uh, Panthers, they beat the Jaguars just in this preseason game. So I don't know. And then there's a lot of uh, situations with you know garbage touchdowns in the preseason it don't mean anything. Now, granted, he's got to throw them, but to me, it doesn't mean anything. So, and it, we can talk about fantasy. We can talk about, but as far as when teams are going to play, it's going to be huge. Now, uh, Forsett was out against the Panthers, so that's something that they're going to have to watch out for. Um, so, strategically speaking, the Jaguars – protecting Fournette's a good thing. And that is another thing that has got to move forward with the Jaguars. They have got to make sure that their guys are going to be there. But the problem when I think about the Jacksonville Jaguars is is that this is a team that has no chemistry. They have no identity. They don't know what they're going to do. Because Blake Borders, I don't think, can throw the football. I don't think, you know, a lot of things. And, and, you know, they, they... bench Bortles in a preseason game to put in Chad Henney. But they yet name Bortles the starter. There's just too many question marks when I look at what's going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the reason why I put them in fourth place is, is that there is no, and let me say this, you know, with everything inside my mind, there is no identity, no chemistry, that shows even – I mean, sometimes in the preseason game, you see it. You can see it come together, but you're just not getting it. So, when you look at this football team, they start off right in their division week one and week two. They have Houston, Tennessee. Who's going to win those games? I don't know. And I say I don't know. But if you go by some of the numbers that we're talking about, the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, they gave up 25 
points a game while only scoring less than 20, 19.9. Those are two stats you can't get away from. Those are too low for the offense and definitely too high for the defense. But the Texans are no much better, at least on the offensive side of the ball. They're giving up 17 points a game, or are scoring 17-point games and giving up 20. The Titans, on the other hand, are scoring points, 23.8 points a game. They give up 23, though. So that's the reason why you see a team that, you know, hovers around 8-8. Eight and eight. But the Jacksonville Jaguars giving up 20 points a game is a killer when you're not scoring them. Houston gives up the 20 points. They're not scoring either. The only team that scores in this division are the Titans. But they give up a lot of points too. So not feeling comfortable about the Jacksonville Jaguars makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. But looking at the rest of the division, as far as the Indianapolis Colts are concerned and what they're all about because they have Andrew Luck and everything else, this team scores almost 26 points a game, but they give up 24, but they win football games. So I like what I see in the stats from the other ones except Jacksonville. And Blake Bortles is going to cost you games. And when you've got a quarterback that costs you games, you can't expect much from I don't – everybody, watch out for this team last year. Oh, watch out for them. Watch out. Guys, I told everybody, don't fall for it. Just don't. So – the Jaguars rushed 101 yards last year. They won four net to get them about 20 more there. Uh, the Houston Texans rushed for 116 yards, but the team that rushed the ball a lot was the Tennessee Titans with 136 yards per game, and the Indianapolis Colts, didn't even, they only had 101. So you got a combination of a lot of things going on here in this division. Injuries, uncertainty, and the Jaguars don't, seem to have the chemistry in order to break in and win this division. I don't think they make the playoffs yet again. So that's the way I was looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. So I don't I have them finishing completely in last place. I don't know if it's good, bad or indifferent, fair or not, I don't know. Uh that's my team, so I'm gonna beat them up. And I'm going to refresh my screen in case Cuervo called in and I can't see the screen. Um, waiting for – wait, nope, I'm still here. So waiting for Cuervo to get back in. So, you know, we've got a lot of divisions to cover, and I'll just get – when Cuervo calls back, I'll get him back up online. I'm going to go to the next team that I think is, you know, in line with what they're going to do. I don't know if it'll work or not, but at the same time, so Jaguars in fourth place. Who do I have in third? This is a football team that you, you look at and say they have no identity either. The, tennis, the, the, the Houston Texans 
I don't have any trust except for the fact that they usually do have a good defense. But they're giving up 20 points a game. But that was last year. That's because they lost a lot in injury. But when I look at this football team, I've got to ask myself the question, you know, the depth chart. Because you don't know if J.J. Watts is going to make it through the whole season. That's a back injury. It's totally different than most injuries that are out there. High ankle sprain, that's worth six weeks. I mean, the back, if he gets another back injury, that's going to affect this football team. And I don't trust what they do. Just don't. So when you look at the roster and you got J.J. Watts doing what he does, you know, he is the defensive leader, and then you got Clowney as well. He should be ready to go as well. But you got to look on the offensive side of the ball. Good, bad, or indifferent, it is what it is. So myself, I've got to ask those questions. Where are they at? Are they going to be able to do and get everything right? I don't know. So what do you do when you get that? You go to the offensive side of the ball. You got to ask yourself the question, do they got the, the, the things that needs to happen in order for them to be good on the offensive side of the ball? So I go to quarterback. Got Savage. Not impressed. They got Brandon Whedon. You know, when is that guy going to be gone? That's all I want to know. Brandon Whedon. This is a football team that could end up behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brandon Whedon. I I I just don't even know. You get by the way, uh with Houston, with the weather, with the hurricane, all that's going on there, that is a big story. A huge story. Where are they gonna be? Uh they're trying to get here in the area to try to get practice for the last preseason game of the season and week number one. So I don't feel confident about what's going on in Houston. And if you are, that's going to be a problem. I I go down this, I go down this roster and I, it's pretty pathetic. Now, they got beat by New Orleans in the preseason game 13 to nothing just last night. So, I mean, how can you feel confident going in this season? You don't have a quarterback. You don't have anything that you can hang your hat on and say, 
we've got something good, except if you look at the defensive side of the ball. Now, we can talk about, you know, everybody saying defense wins games for you, all that other crap. Guys, doesn't mean anything. You've got to have a quarterback on your football team. And you got Tom Savage and Brandon Whedon on your football team battling for a playoff spot. Now, Brandon Whedon's not there. Tom Savage is right there. Okay, you're looking at your quarterback for your season. Okay, guys, Watson is not going to get the job done. Parts of me wants to put the Jacksonville Jaguars ahead of this football team as far as their division and what they do. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you look at this whole quarterback position, Watson's not going to get the job done. So they're starting way behind the the eight ball. And, And how that happens to me, makes no sense. If you're the Houston Texans, you've got to do something better. And they didn't. And that's on them. That is a football team that is not paying attention to the obvious. And that's going to be my new line this year. Pay attention to the obvious. And if you don't have a quarterback, or your quarterback is, is Tom Savage, Brandon Weasel, Watson, please, please, Spare me, because that's not making any sense either. I don't know. To me, when you got a football team that can't move the ball because of the offense, you can have the best defense in the world. Defense wins championships, but you've got to at least be able to move the ball. And if you're not going to move the ball at all, you know, I don't even know why they're trying. Tough, tough deal when you have all these things going on and you can't get the job done on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I, I do. I feel, I feel sorry for these two football teams because they're going to be just that bad this season. Just that bad. So, who do you feel confident in if you're a Houston Texan fan. Who do you feel confidence on? I can't I can't feel good for you at all. So I've got the Texans in last place in this division. Good luck with that, guys, because you're gonna need it. So that leaves two teams that I have sitting at the at the top and you know, and I'm not impressed with either one of them, but I think this is the year. I'm going to put it out there. And I've been talking about this. I talked about it last year. Not a lot, but I did talk about it. But this year is going to be the year of Andrew Luck. Will Andrew Luck be able to get the job done? And the main question in reality is, does he have the capabilities? Does he have the right equipment? And then you got to ask yourself, can he get the job done? And frankly, folks, I think, and I've said it before, last year, 
it is going to be crazy. Because I think there is a quarterback controversy beginning to build up over in Indianapolis. If you cannot get Andrew Luck back healthy and Scott Tolzain has a good season, where are you going to put Andrew Luck? Now, we're talking about the golden child, and I get it. But the guy has been an injury liability. Their defense is not good, guys. It's just not. But I think they're going to be a little bit better than than the other two teams that we've already talked about. Not much. Unless somehow Tolzing can get the job done. Ben Roethlisberger in that game where they took on the Indian, the Indianapolis Colts in the preseason game, he, he was 6-9. Uh, uh, so, Mark, he completed, he only threw nine passes in the game. He completed six of them finding Antonio Brown. And the Colts' backfield, in reality, was running the football, was giving them the points. Colts beat the Steelers, but I don't think it's anything to worry about as far as your Steeler fans are concerned. Is it a good thing? I don't know. Now, they got Trulinski back on the offensive line. I'm going to tell you right now, that is huge. They've been trying to plug those holes since he's been out there. In the preseason, they haven't been able to do it, and they got him back. That's good. The Colts are planning for the opener without Andrew Luck. So, you know, I, I don't know where what you can do and how you can do it. But you got to be scared. That's all I'm going to say. You need to be scared if you're a Colt fan because I don't think they win this division. It's a horrible division in football. But I don't think they got it there. Yeah, they got beat by the Cowboys, whoop-de-doo. And I don't care about preseason. I care about who's out on the football field. And uh, they get Mikhail Hooker back off of two seasons of uh, surgeries. Uh, they're expecting a lot from this guy. And he wants to prove himself in the NFL as he hasn't seen the football field for two seasons. I don't know. Interesting situation. Ursay says that they're going to bring Andrew Luck back slow. I don't know. And Cuervo just let, uh, sent me a message. He, something came up. He'll get back on. Um, no problem, of course, there, Cuervo. And I'm going to get that. I got to get him that message and let him know it's all good. All right. It's all good, as MC Hammer says. So. Where are you at, Indianapolis fans? I think you're in trouble. I think, I think it's something it is 
not going to be good for you this season. So that really only leaves the team up on top. And I didn't have a lot to talk about in this division, except for the fact that the team I want to talk about. And right here, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying the Tennessee Titans are the best football team in the NFL. In this division, I think they're there. I think Marcus Mariota is about ready to break out, folks. And that's the reason why I got the Tennessee Titans on top in this division because of what Marcus Mariota brings to your football team. Not only that, this is a football team also finds a way, and it, it, it tries to win games. And they're scoring 23.8 points a game with Marcus Mariola being subpar. If he gets par, they're going to put up more points. He's got to stop throwing interceptions, making bad decisions. That's probably what he worked on. But when you look at the I want, listen to the schedule. They start off with the Oakland Raiders. Don't expect them to win that game at all. Then they got Jacksonville. Kind of expect them to win that game. Then they got Seattle. Don't expect them to win that game. But here's where it gets interesting. Week four, they are Houston. I think they can beat them. Week number five, Miami. I think they can beat Miami. Depending on what Jay Cutler shows up, I think that's a game they can win. Then they get Indianapolis. think they're going to win that. Then they get Cleveland right before the bye in week number seven. So you're looking at a football team that I think could be in a very good situation, I think they could be five and two. And, and and it's not because they're going to be doing anything fancy, guys, okay? They're just going to go out and lose to the teams that they probably should lose to, and I think they're going to win the games they should win. Jacksonville being one. Houston, I think they should do it. Miami, they should beat them. Indianapolis, and who can't beat Cleveland? I shouldn't say that. <laughs> they should beat Cleveland. So... That is one of those things. But it's how they go into week number nine, week number 10, and week number 11. They have the AFC North. They got Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh before they get another look at Indianapolis and Houston. Those three games are going to be vital to the season. And then they end off the season with only one more game after the Pittsburgh game. That's the Arizona game. Indianapolis after Pittsburgh, then then Houston and Arizona, San Francisco, Rams, and Jacksonville. I, I'm not going to say that they're only going to lose three games in a year. But a 10-6 season is going to win this division, and I think the Tennessee Titans are going to win this division. So I put that out there. The Tennessee Titans on top in this division. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be right or wrong. But I think I'm going to be close. But I don't think for one second that the Indianapolis Colts wins this division hands down. Unless something happens where they get Andrew Luck back, I think those first games without Andrew Luck is going to kill them. So, that having been said, we looked at the AFC South. We're going to jump into the NFC South when we come back here. After the break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, we'll talk about the NFC South. We'll be right back. 
1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com that's Brian with a Y, not Nye Chadwick, dot jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. 
never been down south too much. I'm going to tell you a little bit about this so that you understand what I'm talking All right, everybody, we're back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Sunday morning. It is that being said, and we are looking at the divisions of the NFL right now. We are looking at the – we just got done with the AFC South. I have Tennessee winning this division, and, folks, I don't think it's going to be close. And I know some people are asking, Sonny, where are you getting this? I mean, what what are you on? And I get it, and I understand. But I'm going to tell you, folks, that this is a division that is not the best division in football. And, you know, I think any team, if they decided to play football somewhat consistently, any team in this division could win it. Right now, I think right now the only team that is primed to do that are the Tennessee Titans. Good, better, and different. It's just the way that I see it. So as we move forward, now we move into the South for the NFC side. And this is, in my opinion, a very interesting division. Because you got all four teams that are supposed to be good. Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Someone's going to be last in this division. You know, and as I was looking at it, I was trying to figure out who is going to be last in this division. And I can't figure it out. I mean, I, I mean, at one point I thought I couldn't figure it out. I do have it figured out who I think is going to be there. And guys, I think you're going to be shocked when I go this route. I am in my fourth position. I'm not feeling confident about the New Orleans Saints. And I know that sounds insane when you got Drew Brees, top five. But I'm seeing some movement from young quarterbacks in this division that you've got to stand up and take notice of. They may not be able to throw the ball down the field like Drew Brees. They may not be able to get the job done like uh, Drew Brees get. And, folks, I can understand why somebody is saying, Sonny, how could you pick the New Orleans Saints to finish last in this division? They got Peyton at the, uh, at the helm, at the coach, coaching. Sean Peyton, good coach. I think this is a guy and a team that is a victim of old age. Guys, you look at Adrian Peterson, not the youngest cat out there. Drew Brees, not the youngest cat out there. What's going on? Why is this football team all of a sudden not young, but over the freaking hill? Now, granted, they beat the Houston Texans. They should. But that's a preseason game. The defense in that game was outstanding. But guys, understand something. The Saints may be able to beat teams in the preseason. If I'm not mistaken, they beat the Chargers last week. But Breeze and uh, Rivers didn't play in that game. So, you know, then they lose Bardot. He needs leg surgeries back on August 16th. The, the You know, lower leg surgery is going to sideline him about six weeks. It could be longer. And you've got a football team that their their medical staff is huge, hugely a liability. 
you're like, Sonny, what are you talking about? You got a medical staff being the reason why a team is not playing well? Delvin Bardot's foot injury is a big, big misdiagnosis. They fired team doctors for this misdiagnosis. He was only diagnosed having a foot contusion, but the injury is now to be a fractured tibula that is going to require surgery for Bardot to be out four to six weeks. How they can't get it together out on the football field, they can't even get it right as far as the medical staff is concerned. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is a huge loss because they were trying to ship this guy out. They were trying to trade that dude. So, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not feeling very confident about the Saints this year at all. And and don't get me wrong. I love me some Drew Brees. I do. I think Drew Brees is a big, big part of this football team. Uh, He's going to be part of the reason why they win football games. But he's also going to be part of the reason why they lose football games. Remember, this team scored 29 points a game but gave up 28. Gave up 28 points. I'm not expecting 29 points a game from the Saints this year, and I don't know if I can expect anything too much differently on the defensive side of the ball. I love me Drew Brees. I do. I I love Drew Brees. But here's one thing I want to put out there, and and this is is really not fair, but I'm going to say it. On August 10th, Thursday night, this Saints team, in their first preseason game, lost to the Browns. Now, granted, we didn't see a lot of Drew Brees, but where are your other guys? Where are your backups? And you can't beat the Browns with your backups. Guys, I'm telling you, that is a huge, to me, and, and I might be wrong, but to me, when you are the Saints and you can't beat the Browns with your seconds or thirds, and when the starters are not all that good, the backups can't be all that great either. Oh, my God. I'm worried about this football team, where its direction is. Sean Payton's just riding the storm out, guys. I don't think he's got a lot invested in this team anymore. He's looking for the next big gig. Drew Brees, yet another year older. Adrian Peterson, running back. Guys, this is your this is your identity. Your identity is old. And you can't feel good about it. I know I know when I look at Drew Brees and what he's been able to do, he is a miracle worker. This is the guy that wins games with his arms. But guess what? I think that's where it's going to stop this year. So they get Minnesota week number one, you know, Adrian Peterson in Minnesota in the Saints uniform. I don't know. Then they get New England, Carolina. I I think they're going to lose to Carolina. And then they're in a dogfight with Miami before they get to the bye week at week number five. Early bye week is not good for Drew Brees. 
Because then listen to this. They get Detroit. I think Detroit's going to be a good football team this year. Green Bay, I think, yeah, obviously, right there on the top. Chicago, that's a dogfight game. <coughs> Excuse me. Tampa Bay, Buffalo, dogfight game. Washington. I, I just I I see fifty fifty. I see an eight and eight season at best could be seven and nine, and that's not going to be enough to win this division. I I cannot believe I'm sitting here on this day, talking about the Saints being the last place in this division, but I am. And mediocre and guys, if this is a good football team, this is a nice schedule for a good football team. It's a it's a nice build up schedule. I see if they were a good football team, I see four games, maybe five games that they would lose. Eleven and five. Ten and six at worst. If they were a good football team, they're not. And Drew Brees can only, and I mean only, do so much at his age. And it's a big difference for this football team. The Saints, I, I don't know if you want to call them the Aints anymore, but I don't see a lot for this football team. I really don't. And that leads me to the team I think is going to be in third place. And, and folks, I'm not falling for the Winston deal anymore. I think this, this, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a football team that could be in trouble as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, I'm going to tell you, I think is really good. I like Jameis Winston, but I don't think he's got enough to get the job done. I really don't. I like what the guy sometimes does, but we got to, when we talk about Jameis Winston, what do we need from him is consistency. And I don't know if we're going to get it. You're talking about a team that scored 22 points a game, you know, but they're giving up 23. So, obviously, they've been getting the ball into the end zone at least three times and then a field goal. But I don't know. Not in this division. I just don't think it's going to be enough because of the other two teams that are in this division that I think can do well. The schedule sets up for it just like the, the Saints do. It sets up well for a good football team, which they're not always are. They got Miami, dogfight. Chicago, dogfight. It's just average football teams they're playing. Minnesota, dogfight. Giants, they'll probably lose. Arizona, they'll lose. Dogfight uh, with the Buffalo Bills. Carolina, you might split in this division. New Orleans, you might split in this division. Jets, no good, should win it. Atlanta, Green Bay, Detroit. Atlanta again, Carolina, and New Orleans. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, they get the bye week in week 11. I could see this football team not winning another game for the rest of the season, depending on how they do the split with Atlanta. Lose to Green Bay. Detroit's a dogfight. I think they lose that game. Then they get Atlanta again, Carolina, and New Orleans. At six big football games at the end of the season that I don't know if they're going to win any of them.
I just want you to look at the quarterbacks in those games. Who's the better quarterback? Two games against Atlanta, you got Matt Ryan in your face. I don't think Atlanta loses these games. I don't think they split with Atlanta. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, or Jameis Winston, please. Matthew Stafford, please. Cam Newton, maybe. If they lose the first one, they can probably get that, but that game's in in Carolina. Folks, I'm going to call it right now. I see this football team losing the last six games of the season. Don't trust this football team at all. They got a running back situation, first four games without Martin in the backfield. That hurts them, Jameis Winston. The defense is not that good. Their secondary is something that they that anybody can pick apart. Now, you know, and I go back. When the Cleveland Browns beat you in the preseason, what does that tell you about your team? I'm sorry. I know. Your seconds aren't even that great, and the Cleveland Browns beat you. It, it, I, I'm, I'm telling you, when the Cleveland Browns are able to be successful in the preseason and they're beating football teams, and I know they're, you know, I know it's an audition, but remember the Cleveland Browns are not a good football team in the first place. But the Cleveland Browns, folks, are 3-0 and in the preseason. They beat New Orleans, they beat the Giants, and they beat Tampa Bay. I'm not saying that the Giants, uh, the, the Browns are good, but you can't lose to this football team in preseason on any level. Because remember, this football team on the highest level isn't any good. Imagine the seconds and thirds. Your seconds and thirds need to be able to beat them. And I told you, one of the reasons why I thought the Saints were going to lose or be good is because you lose to the Browns in this game. Now, granted, so did you know, so 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 did the Buccaneers. But that's that's hugely sad. I don't know. Maybe I I, I might be on the lone wolf here, but that it, it, it tells it tells a tale. It tells a huge tale. Yes, these games don't matter, but yet they do. By the way, the Bears are on top of the Tennessee Titans, twelve to nothing right now in the preseason game. It's going on right now. So. Tampa Bay, I, I like the personnel. I just there's no there's no identity to this team, no no direction. So I, I just don't feel good about it. So that leaves two teams that I'm sitting here up on the top in this division, and you know, I I hate to say it, I think Atlanta ends up in this division. I think they go up off that Super Bowl, and it's going to affect them mentally. They got all the weapons in the world. And I know my big man down in Atlanta is going to love the fact that I'm sitting here picking the Carolina Panthers to win this division. But back to Atlanta, I'm going off of that 
is a mental game that you got to play. You, you can make all the commercials about losing this game and trying to build off your Movin. I get, I get it. Completely, I just think it's not going to be there. And I can't even fake my excitement about Matt Ryan. This guy is not Matty Ice. He's ice cold sometimes and then hot the other. And that consistency, Matty Ice being he's cold as listen. I'm not. I haven't fallen for it. I I thought this. I, listen, I'll put it out there. Okay, I didn't think they'd win this Super Bowl at the beginning. And frankly, I thought the Patriots were lost. And then I forgot about the GOAT or didn't think that the GOAT could get the job done. But the GOAT did exactly what the GOAT's supposed to do because he is the GOAT. And when you're the GOAT, you get back behind by three touchdowns and you come back and win the football game because you're the GOAT. Not only that, the play calling on this football team, that hurts them as well. They, they don't know how to do it. In that Super Bowl, they should have won that game. Why they went to the air is ridiculous. Should have won that. Should have won that game. And, and you know, you let the goat be the goat, and that's the thing that hurt them. So I don't feel sorry for him, but I don't think this is something that you bounce back off of either. This one was a tough one. This was one that really laid it, laid it on the chin. This is that, you know, you, you get hit in the face fine, but you don't think about the other punch that's coming three seconds right after you, and it, it stuns you and knocks you on your ass. That's the way I look at what I'm looking at with the Atlanta Falcons. They got better personnel than the, and, than the Carolina Panthers. But here's the thing. Carolina doesn't have anything to lose. Atlanta does. Atlanta should win this division, but they're not. I don't think they. I don't think mentally they're going to be there, and I think it's going to affect them all year long. And Matt Ryan's going to be pedestrian at best, and we're going to see Cam Newton be pedestrian as well. But he's going to get the victories, and that shoots me over to the Carolina Panthers, who I think are going to win this division. And, and I'm not saying they're going to run away with it. Carolina Panthers. But just to be on notice, okay, I don't think our are our a good football team. I don't think Cam Newton should – I think, the, to be honest, you know, I think Atlanta should be on top of this. or not. I, I, well, first of all, I think Atlanta should win this division. They're not – I think the Saints should be better than the Carolina Panthers, but I don't think they are this year. And I think it has a lot to do with Cam Newton. Cam Newton not having anything to lose is so good for him, okay? He he does great when he gets in there. You know, they beat the Jaguars by one point. He played well. Cam Newton completed both of his passes for a 21-yard touchdown in the drive for the 21 yards. It's, it's huge. The confidence this young kid needs to get back there, you know, does really well in a preseason game. I don't. I don't put a lot of value on it. But for Cam Newton, I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna put some value on it because he needs to start off well for him to continue to play well. I think this is a team 
that can get back into where they were two years ago, three years ago. So, you know, and and if you go by what Stephen A. Smith says, he wants to give them a quote-unquote mulligan, and those that don't know golf terms, that's a uh, free shot off of the tee after you shank one into the woods, but it doesn't count as a stroke. I, I mean, I hate to say it because I know that Tarvin will love me for saying I think he could be sitting right there as the MVP. He could be a guy that could be looking at the MVP. I believe it. I think, you know, with Odell Beckham and Eli Manning, I, I think he, he should be able to do it. So, hopefully they can wake up from the Super Bowl hangover. Or will it be a two-day hangover, which in this case would be a two-season hangover? I just don't see it. And say whatever you want about a preseason game. Marcus Mariota played very well in the preseason game against the starters in this division. So kind of looking at a lot of things when I was making my decision about who was going to win this division. Cam Newton, they've, now folks, looking at that football team, you know, they're scoring 23 points a game, but they're giving up 25 last season. So if you want to give them the quote-unquote mulligan, then they should be a lot better than this. And I think they will. I, I honestly think that they will. I, again, this is a division that I don't think is going to win the Super Bowl. Not by far. Not even close. So, but I think it's enough to win this division. Good, bad, or indifferent. I think when you look at a football team like Carolina, I you know, them winning this division should be should have been last year. They didn't. But I will tell you, when I look at this football team as far as their schedule and everything, they got the first two weeks. All set. They got Buffalo and the 49ers. They'll be 2-0 in this division when you get going. And, and that is so huge for them. And I'll tell you the reason why. It's to get that confidence back to Cam Newton. Okay? They got that running back out of Auburn, which is another guy that, that – um, that Tarvin can be happy about. He's got artist pain in the backfield, okay? One of the things I'm worried, though, is their wide receivers. They're not great wide receivers. They're two at best, three, twos and threes at best. But I think Cam Newton's going to be able to find them. They got Bird from the Jaguars, okay? They also got Benjamin. They also got Bearson, Okay. Here's some of the other names that you can be looking at, whether or not they make the cut or not. They got Frazier and Funches, as well as uh, Garnett. Or, I marked that, Garrett. So a lot of guys in there. Huge thing for this football team is keeping Cam Newton healthy, though. And I don't know what's good, bad, or indifferent, but when you are – a football team that depends upon your quarterback as much as this football team does, you got to be scared. 
So they got Derek Anderson as the back, you know, the backup, which is a perfect guy. Although they're two different guys, it's the perfect guy. Then they got Gilbert out of the South Methodist uh, over there, as well as Cam Newton, and they also have Webb. Okay, this is his eight, Webb, Webb's eighth season. If it was me, I keep Webb as well as Anderson and do away with the other one and put him on the practice squad. They got enough in experience in the behind the quarterback. So that's the way I look at this division. I got the Saints in last in this division, and it, it it doesn't make me feel good. Then I have Tampa Bay. I just don't think they're contenders. I don't think they're for real. Then I have Atlanta off of the uh, – the hangover from the Super Bowl, and I have Carolina finally getting over the hangover from the Super Bowl. That's how I have the NFC South adding up and ready to go. I don't know if Cuervo's going to get back in there, but we're going to continue on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and we're going to go ahead and go to our next break here, as well as getting into the divisions. We're going to go into the North. Who are we going to cover? How about if we go ahead and cover the AFC North here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll be right back. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Rego and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. 
We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. Back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Sunday morning, and that being said, Cuervo has an emergency as you go take care of. That's fine. And we're going to continue on here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And we're going to head on over to the AFC North. Holding off on the NFC North for Cuervo if he gets back in time. But the AFC North is that division that, you know, it, couple, for the last few years we're talking about, you know, what's happening in this division. You know, some of the quality teams that are in this division. And whether or not you like it or not, you know, you got three playoff teams right there. One of them's not going to make the playoffs out of the three. And, you know, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about a football team that is not going to be worth a nickel next year, and that'd be the Cleveland Browns. So I'm not even going to talk about it. This the worst team in football. And if they come by and win some games that they shouldn't, everybody will be talking to look at the Browns, but I'm not going to be doing that. I don't see it enough to where I feel, yeah, that's a team you have to worry about. Okay. I'll lose some sleep over that a little bit later. But as far as Cleveland, there's nothing to talk about it for this football team. There has been no movement forward. There's been nothing that 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 has done anything to make anybody believe that they're nothing more than exactly what they are. And what are they? They're a bad football team. So I'm not even going to – we're not going to spend time on the Cleveland Browns. They're the worst team in football. They win, They lose this division. They end up in last yet again. So that means it's Baltimore, Cincinnati, or the Pittsburgh Steelers to lose. And when I looked at this football team – they want making the thinking what I'm going to do. This is a football team that's really going to miss their football team, their quarterback. When you don't have your starting quarterback in this division, this really hurts you. Because you can say whatever you want about what's going on. Ben Roethlisberger, future Hall of Famer, and you have Andy Dalton. And what are you going to do with your Baltimore? You're not starting Joe Flacco in week number one, two, three, four, quite possibly six weeks. And that can't be good for you. 
And that is sad for me because I think in reality, if they had Joe Flacco starting week number one, I'd have them win this division. Because when I look at the other quarterbacks in this division, I think Ben Roethlisberger is better overall career, but I think Joe Flacco could be the guy to lead them if he was healthy into this division, quite possibly into the playoffs. Even if they didn't win the division, I think this was a team that could have been set up for a wild card. We don't get that. So the uncertainty at the quarterback position, Sonny, you're making it too simple. Yes, I am. I'm making it too simple. They don't have their quarterback. They're going into this season without their quarterback, quite possibly for six weeks. Could be longer. This is a team that gives up 20 points a game, which means they need to score three touchdowns a game, and they are not going to have that situation with them. They lose to the Bills, okay, tonight, 13-9. So, uh, mark that, the Ravens beat the Bills, um, but it was not anybody consistent. I mean, they, they had a defensive stance without question, but this is preseason. I don't look at domination on the defensive side of the ball in the preseason game to be anything to mean anything. So Tyrod Taylor leads that game with a concussion. Um, I think that was a shot that was heard around the world for Buffalo Bills fans. And then LaShawn McCoy. He managed just seven yards on six carries while the Ravens quarterback, Josh Woodrum, threw for the only touchdown in this game. Who's Josh? Who? Who? Exactly. And, and I like Baltimore. I think this is a football team that, like I said, wins the division with Joe Flacco at the quarterback position because they do have a good defense, but they're not going to get enough on the offensive side of the ball to make a difference. And that is where you need your guy. You need the, the guy on the offensive side of the ball. Now, this is not the days where you have defenses being able to win championships. I'm sorry. Those days are pretty much over. And they didn't happen as much as everybody. Oh, defense wins Super Bowls. No, defense helps you win Super Bowls. It's usually about the offense. 90% of the time, when you're talking about football teams, it's about the offense in today's football. You want to talk about that stuff in the 80s and 90s? That's fine. But you don't get that in today's NFL. Because if you don't have your starting quarterback, you are already behind the eight ball before you even get started, and that's what the, the Ravens are sitting there in. That is the hand that they've been dealt. So when you are the Ravens, you're going to play New Orleans in the final preseason of the game, but your regular season starts off with an AFC North team that you've got to battle to try to win. And I'm going to tell you, that could be that could be a big, 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 big game. But week number two, they get Jacksonville. That's good for them. Or Cleveland. 
Then they get Jacksonville week number three. So good for them. But here comes the pain after that. Pittsburgh, Oakland, Chicago will be a dogfight. Miami will be a dogfight. And depending on how they are, I think the Tennessee Titans can beat this football team. So before they go into the bye, they'll be out on the field for nine weeks. I don't see any more than three, and that's if they're lucky. I see two. I'm going to give them a one-game luck, and they, they will be three and six by the break and out of the contention of this division because the first six weeks, they only have two wins. So they're going to be two and four. And then Joe Flacco has got to be immaculate. Will he be immaculate? I don't know. I want I want the Baltimore Ravens to win this division. I want the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. I just know it can't happen, especially with Oakland, especially with the Patriots. They are not going to be able to beat that team. So looking at that situation, I'm going to go ahead and bring in the caller at the 513. Who am I talking to? Where are you calling from? Hey, my name's Tom. I'm calling from Cincinnati. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. How do you feel about your Cincinnati Bengals? I love your backup quarterback. He should be a starter on about seven different football teams in the NFL. How do you feel about your Bengals? Because I got your Bengals sitting in second in this division. I'll announce that. How are you feeling about I got a- Andy Dalton at the quarterback position? You know what? I gotta tell you, I've uh, I've I've lived in Cincinnati all my life, but uh, I'm actually been a Steelers fan since I since the days of uh, Neil O'Donnell and uh, you know uh, uh, you, you know uh, since about the '90s. Uh, you know, I've always liked the Steelers, and I kind of wanted your take on uh, how do you think uh, uh, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger are going to link up this year? You think they're going to do all right this year? Right now, I think they're the class of the division. Because you get the uncertainty, obviously, with Joe Flacco in the first six weeks not playing for Baltimore. You get Andy Dalton. I call him a heckle, you know, a heckle and Jekyll guy. You don't know who you're going to get walking in there, or uh, you know, Jekyll and Hyde kind of quarterback. It's the it's the guy. That's why I like the backup more. I'd like to see him start, but we all know the money isn't going to let it be there. But when you look at the Steelers, you look at an organization all around um, as far as from top to bottom, and that starts with with the Roonies. It starts with your quarterback. Obviously, the NFL is all about your quarterback. And when I came on the air for my first show back in February 2009, I said Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer then. He still is. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Watch out for him. And then you got Antonio Brown. I think they could get the ball down there. But where I think they're, they're even better is, is the football team that recognizes what they got to do to win. And they, I think their offensive line is going to be improved this year to even protect Joe, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger even more. So you, you look at that, and the Steelers will always bring a defense. Now, will it always be top tier? No, but I think there will always be quality. And within this division, you know, they have to have at least a very good offense to, first of all, win the division. But it's the defense that's going to maintain them throughout the throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I think another important thing is their offensive line. If they can keep that pressure off of Ben, 
so he can Absolutely. focus on putting his cock all the way inside Brown's ass. And he's gone. But that, that having been said, looking at this football team, I like what I see out of the Steelers. This is a football team that can bring what they need to do with the guys. When, I, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about personnel. I'm talking about chemistry. I'm talking about an identity. And what the identity of the Steelers are is that they are quality on both sides of the ball. They, are, they bring what they got to do in order to win football games. This is a blue-collar football team, meaning that they will go ahead and they will do what they have to do in order to win football games. So when I look at the team that's in second place in this division and whether or not you, you like the order I picked or not, um, Cincinnati doesn't have it. Jekyll and Hyde on the offensive side of the ball with their quarterback, Andy Dalton. So I want to know, when do they make the decision to make a change or will they? With A.J. McCarron, he has shown that he can probably carry the ball. I think he could lead a team. Like I said, there's plenty of other football teams that need a quarterback, and I don't know if any of them reached out to A.J. McCarron, but I think this is a guy that if you're needing a quarterback within this league, I think A.J. McCarron right now, quite possibly, is the best backup quarterback in the NFL right now. And could start on many football teams. How, why Houston didn't go after him, I don't know. If they did and they didn't get successful, um, I think you, you bring that guy in your football team. So looking at this division, the Steelers are just the class of the division. From the top to the bottom to the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. They've got the mechanics. They've got the personnel. When you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you've got a head coach that's hanging on by a string for the, since 2009, and the GOAT pictures that he has with the owners has been the only reason why he holds on to a job. I don't know. But I like this division in football. This is a division that shows a lot of a lot of uh, big time big time players plays that you'll see you'll see big time plays and not only that you'll see Ben Roethlisberger take some hits how long will he be healthy I don't know with me picking this division I think Ben Roethlisberger plays at least 13 of the 16 because I think that's where it is. Now, if Ben Roethlisberger loses time within this division, Cincinnati is going to win the division because they got a backup that can play if something happens. And Baltimore, no quarterback there. I, you know, you're talking about iffy quarterback. First of all, they don't even have a quarterback in, in Cleveland. And uh, Kaiser and uh, Cody Kessler, you know, as much as I like Cody Kessler personally, I met him and talked to him. He's a good kid. 
uh, and he, he, I think he's got the goods, but it is Cleveland. Six weeks without Flacco. Andy Dalton, Jekyll and Hyde. Ben Roethlisberger can get hurt anytime. I mean, all four of these quarterbacks in this division, someone's got to win this division. So I like what Pittsburgh's able to usually do. They they are a team that that usually gets a job done fairly, you know, most of the season, and they'll back up what they do out on the football field. If the offense is playing bad, the defense will be there. If the defense is playing bad, you put it on Big Ben's shoulders. This the team scores 25 points a game, only gives up 20. They they went there. You go. And I don't know, you know, when you look at Cincinnati, you know, you've got to depend on Andy Dalton to put it together consistently throughout the football game. He and their defense has got to do something, but. That's the key of that team is their defense, okay? They score 20 points, but they give up 19. That is the reason why. I look at numbers, and those numbers right there tell me the defense is good, but they can't score. And when you don't have Joe Flacco in your lineup, as far as the Baltimore Ravens are concerned, you're hurting yourself. Because when you look at the numbers from last year, you know, whether it's offensively or defensively, we're talking less than two points a game are the difference on the offensive side of the board. They score three touchdowns. They give up 20 points, though. So you got three teams in this division that are normally a good football squad. Normally. So, as I look at this division, I I normally like this division, but their quarterback position on all these teams, you know, I don't like any of them really to be, except Ben Roethlisberger. I I don't trust Dalton. I like Flacco, but your first six weeks, they could be out of this season. I mean, you don't get very many opportunities to run the table for eight games in a row like Carolina Panthers did for two years in a row because you got that defense. And obviously, the defense got them to the playoffs, but you're still about the offense, man. Still about the offense. Got to score. So, looking at that division, I, I, I like Pittsburgh on top of this division, Cincinnati second. With six weeks without Joe Flacco, I got him in third. And then the Cleveland Browns' worst team in football. That's just the way I have him sitting. And there's no reason to think that it'll be any different in reality. So that hasn't been said. That's what I got in the AFC North. And we're going to touch on the NFC North when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll talk about the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers as well as the Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears. 
Are they ready? Green Bay. They're good. Are they ready? Are the li- are the Lions ready? I mean, are the, are the Lions going to be set and ready to go and say yes, or are we going to get a visit from the Minnesota Vikings to try to win? Uh, anyway, it, 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 we're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. 
At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Back on the couch of the Cater Sports Show. It is that being said, it's a Sunday morning tradition that is going to take it back up at 9 a.m. in two weeks down week number one of the NFL regular season. As we are looking at the division, I'm going to go ahead and do this and bring him back into the picture. In case you didn't know, it is Cuervo on a Sunday morning. He is back and better than ever as we lost him on the first break as we were talking on the uh, on the south side. We were, you know, talking AFC South at the time, uh, moving in that Cuervo. Uh, welcome back in and looking at the AFC South, you know, uh, Let's see here. Mark that. Who did you have sitting in the order for the AFC South for your lineup? Oh, of course it would help if I turned his mic on. Bang, you're in. Go ahead, Cuervo. Hey, thank you, Sonny. I appreciate that. Um, All right, so when we talk AFC South, obviously the big story in the the whole division is health, right? Especially mm-hmm. the two guys that come to mind is Andrew Luck and J.J. Watt is down in Houston. Mm-hmm. Look, Sonny, we talked about it last year. Houston made a huge mistake trying to bring him back after uh, a back surgery of, of six weeks prior. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they paid the price for it. So Big time. Big they lose time. him all last year, right? And you saw what kind of season they had. It was it was pretty bad. So, you know, I I like I like what I see honestly. Uh, overall, in the in the whole division, uh, I'm sure you probably didn't have a lot good to say about your Jacksonville Jaguars. Not at um, all. Yeah, not at all. I kind of figured that, but I'm telling you, you you're gonna like you're gonna like yourself some Leonard Fournette. Um, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna do you guys some good in the backfield, and I think you guys have an established running game, first time since uh, MJD, and um, I think that's gonna be good for you guys down there in, in Jaguar land. But um, so, you know, just to cut it short, uh, obviously we might be on time constraint now, but so in order. Um, Unfortunately, start I, I with the, the, the love for the start Jaguars. Start with your team in last place, Cuervo. Who do you think will be in fourth, the uh, fourth place in this division? My my love for the Jaguars is gone, Sonny. They're going to finish last this year. Um, well, that's good. At least you, at least you didn't take a bite of the Jaguar uh, 
fumes coming off of that marijuana uh, cigarette there. So um, I'm glad you came down from that high. No, no, no. I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid anymore. Not drinking yeah. Kool-Aid no more. So, so Jay, I got Jacksonville finishing last. So I uh, think, this and, and just to kind of get you, this is for the rest of the, the teams in this division, we're not going to agree on because I, I got the shock of this one. So go ahead. Who do you have third in this division? Oh, and you might be surprised, Sonny. In third, this, this may surprise you. I've got Indianapolis finishing third. I just don't wow. think that – I don't think uh, Andrew Luck is going to be uh, as effective as everybody's going to expect him to be. And uh, plus, I don't, I, there's not very much that I like on their defense. Robert Mathis retires. Um, they don't really – they didn't really – at least not to my knowledge, they didn't sign anybody that is going to be a defensive force on that right. defense that, that that desperately needs a guy that can put some fear in offense. The Colts haven't had that since Bob Sanders. So – and that and that's been 10 years now. So, so I, that's why I have the Colts finishing third. And second – I got the Texans. Um, I like I like what Deshaun Watson brings to the table. I like what I've seen from him so far. I think J.J. Watt's going to be healthy again. He'll be a double-digit sack guy again. And I think Lamar Miller will continue to run the ball very effectively. So they'll have a good balance offensively. Um, Who's going to be the quarterback? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson will start for the Texans this year. No, I really don't think think it's going to be. Quarterback, Cuervo. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, the rookie. He's going to start. I I I don't know. I, I when I when I hear rookie starting, when you know, when you got the better defense, I think your defense is going to be out on the football field a little bit too long, and that and it's the only reason why. I flip flop Indianapolis and uh, the uh, Houston Texans. I it just at the quarterback position, rookie quarterbacks don't feel well. Not only that, they have no backups. I mean, you got Brandon Whedon for God's sake in the, as a backup as well. You you have uh, Tom Savage. I mean, that's how bad the backup situation here is. So it, it it's ugly. Um, and, and the offense, I'm worried about. So we flip flopped a little bit. I had Jacksonville in last place. Um, I had the uh, Texans in third, and I had Indianapolis in maybe making a run towards the end after what they're going to do at the quarterback with Andrew Luck. When will he get back in is going to be the big question there. Exactly. but And even when he does come back, Sonny, I mean, I just, I just don't think that they have enough in the running game. I mean, Frank Gore is what, mid-30s now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd be boy well, plays like he's fifty. But might as well be, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean I, I just don't I don't like the fact that their defense is just not that good. That yep. That the, the offense is gonna have to free that team this year and and the only way that they're gonna be able to carry is if they have their quarterback. And Cuervo, I don't know uh, if you remember last year. I, I made the statement, and I asked the question. 
is Andrew Luck washed up? Folks, I'm telling you, you're hearing it on here. Andrew Luck, okay, are you, are you ready for it? He sucks, okay? Let, let's just get it out there because I've been waiting for you on this square vote. Andrew Luck sucks, whether is he can't get the job done when he's healthy or he can't stay healthy. Now, at the point when he was first drafted by this football team, it was the right decision. There's no question. I don't want to put that now. But within the last three years, what have you heard from Andrew Luck? Nothing. It's all about injuries or not getting the job done. Right now, Andrew Luck is the liability on the offensive side of the ball for the Indianapolis Colts, whether it be injury or just not delivering the ball very well or playing well. So I put it out there. Andrew Luck sucks. He is, and I'm going I'm, to, I'll even put it out there, Cuervo. He is the third best quarterback in this division. Okay, he's not even the best. He's not even second or third in reality in this division. If you want to give the props to the rookie in this case right now, I'd rather have the rookie from Houston leading the Indianapolis Colts than I do with Andrew Luck. That's how overrated I think Andrew Luck has been for the last three years. He sucks. I think the problem with Andrew Luck is, is I don't think he's mentally tough, as people think. I don't think he is either. I think he's overexposed, too. You know, you know so it was all good when he got drafted. Um, you know, he put up a couple of good seasons, and then he started hitting some injuries. And from there, his production just went down the toilet, right? Big time. That to me, that to me, that that to me is mental toughness because, you know, you have a couple of bad games. Hey, it happens. Okay, Peyton Manning threw six interceptions twice in his career in a game. So, um, and you think that stopped him from from breaking the touchdown record? Hell no. Like he moved on from those games and and he continued to do what he was doing. So, you know, the thing with Andrew Luck, yeah, he had a couple of bad games. He lost those playoff games. And uh, he's had to battle some injuries. But to me, the, men, the mental toughness to not bounce back from all that is, to me, the problem with him right now. Is he, yep. he doesn't have the mental toughness to recover from, from the adversity that he's had to go through. So that's what he needs to work on is, is just getting mentally tough, mentally focused, making sure he's ready physically, obviously. And going back to the guy that he was back in 2012-13, if he can yep. get back to being that guy, then I'll put the Colts back back up on top as, as the division winner. I so agree. then, it's 100%. not happening. It's not happening. So I'll take Houston second, and obviously the Tennessee Titans will win this division. I, and, and I think easily, Cuervo. And, and that's when I'm <laughs> I, I mean, I, Marcus Mariota, I think, is developing – you see, when you get a young guy and you can see a positive each and every year, I think that's what you're getting with Marcus Mariota right there. They got a strong running game as well, and defensively they're getting better, and I think you, you'll you see that this season. It's the reason why I have Tennessee on top in that division. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold prediction for you right now, Sonny. Marcus Mariota will finish top three in the MVP race this year. Wow. I think it's possible. I think he's got the mechanics, Cuervo. And when you look at it, because when you look at Marcus Mariota, he is that big quarterback you want in your backfield. And not only that, he gets out of trouble a lot. 
and he's getting better as the years go on. You can talk about him in his rookie year and second year, and you can see. But you can see the progress the kid's making, and I think that's good for the Tennessee Titans, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, my, my thing is that that's what I like about Tennessee is, is obviously Mariota. They got their the Marco Murray. Um, you know, I think they've, they've got a lot of good pieces offensively. That defense is going to be good, okay? A lot of people have forgotten. Dick LeBeau is the defensive coordinator over there in Tennessee. Yep. And and you're talking about a legendary defensive coordinator that is making this defense quietly making this defense better and better every year. So you add all those things together, Titans are going to win this division. And I think I don't even think it's going to be that that close. I, I don't think either. Week, I think they win by I three think, games in this division, Cuervo. And in this division, if you win by three games, that's a landslide. I think. Now we got we got to throw the disclaimer out there, though, Sonny. That's barring any injuries. Yeah, of course. Barring yeah, any yeah, injuries. Definitely. Barring so, in, a, in and and I'll even take it one step. Barring injury to one Marcus Mariota only. Uh, the rest of it, I think yes. they could handle. Yeah. So that and that goes for my MVP prediction too. As long as he doesn't yeah, got get hurt, I think I think he'll be a top three. Top five, top three candidate for MVP this year. I, I'm just, I, I, I will happily admit that I'm going to serve myself a full Thanksgiving size plate of crow um, for really at missing on Mariota. I, I didn't think he was going to be a good quarterback in the league, and he's 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 making me shut my mouth. So. Well, and a lot of things about that, Cuervo, just to kind of put it out there, I always thought he had the mechanics. It just needed time. And guess what? When you get beat up for two years under the quarterback and you get better each and every year, look at, I mean, look at Peyton. Immediately after the first year, he was fine. But when I look at quarterbacks, I see development on whether or not they're going to be really good within their third year, which tells me a couple of things. Number one, you're able to escape situations. And in order for you to escape situations, you've got to be smart. In the first two years, uh, now, first year and a half, he wasn't doing that. He was escaping problems that he was having towards the mid to the end of the season last year. And if you look at his stats from from last year, you'll see the second half a big dramatic difference. This is a guy who's understanding what's coming at him, and that is huge. And then you just throw up on the fact that he has improved from week one to week two. I think the third year will be a big time. And not only that, Cuervo, he gets the best division to where he's quite possibly the best quarterback in the division by far. Yeah, I don't think it's close either, Sonny. I mean, he's not the most experienced, but he's the most developed. And that's, yep. that's saying a lot, you know, considering – even with the guy that down there in Jacksonville, you would think he would be the top dog right now, but it's it's not working out in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Bortles, whether Jacksonville decides to let him go, whether they decide to try and trade him away. Uh, Because I don't think they're going to cut him. Wait, how many – 
They just named years. them the starter Cuervo. Yeah, well, we all know that doesn't mean anything in the league anymore, Sonny. That, that, that's... Well, if it's yeah, Jacksonville, it don't mean anything. <laughs> or unless, unless your name is Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, you know? Exactly. So, but it, it's an interesting division, Cuervo, and I think it, uh, you know, I, yeah. it'll be interesting. But it, what is even more interesting is the NFC South, Cuervo. And... And I, I know you didn't hear mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind on my predictions, but before I get there, let's start in the NFC South. Who you think is gonna be on the bottom of the division? You got teams but the Buccaneers with their up and coming quarterbacks, New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees, Carolina Cam Newton, and then the fallback of the Atlanta Falcons, four quality teams in this division. Someone's gotta finish last. Who do you got there? Well, you know, I I took a look at this division, Sonny, and this this one was actually really tough for me. It was. This this one was a it, it was it was very hard to decide what order I was gonna put everybody in. But at the end of the day when, when I finally was like, Okay, this is the order I'm gonna do it hurts to say, but I think I think the Saints are going to finish last. My God, I think Saints- we're mind readers because I'm right there with you, Cuervo. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, Adrian Peterson, he's an awesome name, okay? But at this point in his career, that's all he really is right now is the name. The guy that he was in Minnesota is gone. He, he doesn't. He don't exist anymore. Um, you know the, the the injuries that he's had to deal with. Obviously, father time always plays a part in how guys continue to produce in the league and whatnot. Um, you know, it, it's a good. It was a good pickup for the Saints because, you know, with with Mark Ingram uh, not really having a solid backup uh, down there in New Orleans. You know, I mean, it made it made sense, and he's from Louisiana, so. Um, is it nice when, got, when they signed Adrian Peterson, they got really old really quick? They felt that way because you, when you think about the Saints, you think about Drew Brees right away. Like, that's the first name that comes to mind. So, yep, he's no Drew Brees is, yeah, he's, he's not in that anymore. So, um, you know, that, that's why you have that thought in your head like, well, this is, this is an old team. But in reality, when you look at the rest of the roster, not that old. I mean, they've got they've got you know young receiver uh, in Michael Thomas. I think he can be good, um, but that's their one bright spot. Sonny, obviously Drew Brees as well, but their defense is historically bad. Now, they're not just bad; they're historically bad with the amount of yards and points they give up. Okay, on top of that, you traded Brandon Cooks away, who was your best receiver. And you got older at running back. What what is there really to like about the Saints this year? Not a yeah, whole lot. I I, I oh. get it, and and oh. you can only put the you can only put the burden of this game on the shoulder of Drew Brees for so long before the car starts getting a flat tire. <clears throat> right. Well, and the tire goes bald too. So. Yes. 
that's when you have to change it out. But uh, yeah, the, the Saints the Saints are going to finish last in this position. Um, yeah, that, that hurt me. The it, it hurt me to the realization as well, Cuervo, because you're talking about teams that take away from last year, but the years before that, you know, we're talking playoff quality football team, and they're just not there. I'm right there with you. So now the big question: now the rest of this division, Atlanta, Carolina. Tampa Bay. I mean, we're talking teams that could be in the playoffs, Squareville, so I bet it was hard to pick the number three spot for you as well. Yeah, almost definitely. Um, so, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going Carolina third, and uh, wow. the reason I'm going, I'm going Carolina third because they really didn't do a whole lot to improve their team. Um, and, and I worry about Cam Newton's health. I worry about who's going to throw the ball to. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, it, it's, it's it's a flip of a coin with him. I mean, he he's going to be that type of running back. He's going to have a break. He's going to have a breakout game, and then he's going to go, and then he's going to, you know, have a dud the next game. And then he's going to have another good game, and then he's going to have another dud. That's what I see from McCaffrey. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good running back. But I, the word reliable, that definitely won't apply to Christian McCaffrey. So um, I think the inconsistency offensively um, and then defensively, I mean, they don't, they still don't have a shutdown corner. You know, you nope. let Norman go. So who's going to stop Mike Evans? Who's going to stop Julio Jones when you play those teams? That's something to think about. Yep. Is it, yeah, they're, they're not going to be able to do it. And that's why I've got them finishing third. Looking at your second place team, this now you're getting down to the nitty gritty. You got Tampa Bay. I know you got a lot of love for them. You had the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. Who do you have second in this division? Well, coming in second, Sonny, uh, is going to be the defending NFC champion Atlanta Falcons. I knew you were um, going this way. <laughs> I knew you were going to go this way. Go for it. Well, here's the deal, and it's not because of my love for Tampa. It's it's the it's the not the no love I have for Atlanta, and, it, and the reason I have no love for them is because I think when you lose a Super Bowl on a historic level, that's hard to come back from. Yep, that's going to be really hard for Atlanta. To come. And I thought about putting Atlanta third, to be honest with you, Sonny, to finish third in this division. I was mm-hmm. I almost put Carolina ahead of them, but I look at their defense and it's just not enough. I real I believe it or not I really like Atlanta's defense. I think Atlanta is going to be very good defensively this year, and a lot of that of guys that were young rookies last year, this year they're going to break out. I think it's a sleeper defense on in, in fantasy football. I, that's a sleeper defense for me is the Falcons. The reason I don't have Atlanta repeating as the division champion 
when you lose Kyle Shanahan as your offensive coordinator, boom, that's huge. That that's that's tough. On top of the Super Bowl hangover, um, those two things right there, um, you know, gives me all the reason to not pick them to win this division again this year. So obviously, look, Tampa is a team that. <clears throat> What I like is their defense, um, but I think Mike Evans is going to be a guy that becomes a top five receiver in the league, um, and, and I really like what they're doing in the backfield as well. So, you know, a lot of people are talking about Jameis Winston as MVP, and other. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him up there yet, Sonny. I think I think he still has. No, I'm not. I, I still I think he still has some learn he still got some learning curve that he has to he has to go through. Um, I don't think there's a lot of things that he hasn't grasped yet. So um, I'm not I see a lot of that. potential. I see a lot the of potential. The, the question yeah, is there. when will it when will it be put together as you know, the final straw. When when will it actually come together? And that comes with potential. And, and you're right. They've got the, the wide receivers for him. But the question is, is will he get out of his own way? Will he get out of his own head? Will he fall up underneath the newfound fame that he's getting? And he's getting a lot of love, Cuervo. You say whatever you want about Cam Newton getting a lot of love. He might be the second quarterback in the NFL that's getting a lot of love this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to buy in on Jameis Winston quite yet. I think Me either. I, the, the maturity is there. I mean, let's let's be real. Since he's been in the NFL, he's kept he's his nose clean. He's been a good clean. boy. Yeah, he's been good. So, that's not the part I'm worried about. I'm worried about him as a player. I'm not worried about him the person. So, um, and that's but a good I think, start for I think, him, Cuervo. I mean, hmm. really, you think about it. You think about you know all the crap that he pulled in in college and got away with and everything. And we're actually talking about Jameis Winston. We're not talking about his buffoonery off the football field. We, now we want to know what he's going to be as a player. Right. Yeah, and, and I think he's still a year away. I think next year is when you'll start to see a real, I agree, you know, developed quarterback. But to answer your original question, I, I mean, he needs he needs a, he needs a coach that's going to guide him, and I don't think he's had that yet. Because isn't Dirk Cotter still the head coach down there? Dirk or Cotter is, is the head coach, and that's that's one point I did not talk about as far as that football team is concerned, but there you go. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and I know Dirk Cotter is one of your favorite guys. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> not. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, what I like, what I like is uh, everything that Jameis is surrounded by. Um, I think he's, they have good offensive line. They've got, uh, you know, solid running game, obviously the receivers. And I love their front seven on defense. Their front seven on defense is, is solid. So um, there's a lot There's a lot of good going on in Tampa. The arrow is, is pointing up for me with the Buccaneers. But at the same time, it, it, I think 
Tampa wins the game by by they win the division by one game. That's how close wow. I think it is. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if Atlanta wins the division either. Well, an interesting thing is this division, I think you're right, could be one or two games, and that's where we differ. I have Tampa Bay in third division. I'm, I'm not a believer in Jameis Winston yet. I believe that they've got Mike Evans, which is the answer, but I think there will be a lot of mistakes and a lot of errors made to try to get that ball to Evans. I think they'll force it, and I think that's one of the things that I worry about as far as Tampa Bay is concerned. I like their defense. I'm not a a huge fan of their defense. It'll keep them in games, but I don't think Jameis Winston's going to be enough to get the job done in order to win it. That's the reason why I have Tampa Bay in third place in this division. And then for the Super Bowl hangover is the reason why I have the Atlanta Falcons in second. Because because that, like you said, that was a historical meltdown that is going to take them at least a year, if not two, to get over. So Matt Matt Ryan and the the rest of the coaching uh, staff that are a bunch of mental midgets is going to affect the offensive side of the ball. You, I think they're going to have a great defense. I mean, you got Quinn there, Cuervo. You're going to have a good defense. You need more than mental midgets on the offensive side of the ball in order to win division uh, division games. And that's going to be huge in this one. Division games are going to be huge in this division because it's going to be one or two games. So it'll come down to the last week. And, but I, to be honest, Cuervo, you, you talk about Super Bowl hangover, I think if Carolina Panthers have the opportunity to do it, why? I mean, if you look at the rest of the, the the rest of the NFC, there's no pressure in reality right now on the Carolina Panthers. When do they play the best football, Cuervo? When there's no when there's no pressure. Look at what they did for the two years before that, going on eight game winning streaks and making playoffs when they shouldn't have. That's the only reason why I have Carolina doing it. There's no expectations of greatness from Cam Newton or the Panthers this year, except if you live in Carolina. So when you look at all the experts and what they're talking about, when you underestimate the Carolina Panthers, that's when they win football games. And when you have Cam Newton, you can do, say whatever you want. I I think he's a mental midget too. It's one of my favorite lines that I'm going to use. I think he's a mental midget. But one of the things I think is going to play well for Carolina is their schedule. They got the first three weeks against games that they should win. They should beat San Francisco. They should beat Buffalo. They should beat New Orleans. Then they have New Orleans or uh, New England and Detroit, and then they go back up on the flub. They go back to um, Philadelphia. Chicago, which I don't think is a good football team, then Tampa Bay again. I think they beat Tampa Bay. I think that's going to be a good rivalry. The Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, those two quarterbacks go into head-to-head because they're kind of the same, but they're not. So, um, And then they got Miami. This schedule sets up for them, if they do it right, Cuervo, that they can lose five games, and I think they win this division. I think this football team could go 11-5, 10-6, and win this division. Um, and, and I think Cam Newton – and it will be all depending on where Cam Newton's going to be mentally going into this. So I've got 
Carolina, I have Atlanta, I have Tampa Bay, and I have um, the uh, who's the one who's the last one in this division? I'm missing it. My brain just took a freeze. The Saints, New Orleans. The Saints, yeah, yeah. I that wow. I've forgotten so much about the Saints. That's pretty sad. So, um, so a little bit of difference in opinion in that division. And then, so that being said, Cuervo, let's move it over. Let's talk about what I talked about before we went to break and you came back. Go into the AFC North, Cuervo. This is yet another tough division to try to figure out who's going to be there. I thought it was actually easy in reality um, with the Browns being in last. I don't think we need to talk a lot about the Browns. The Browns are the Browns. But the one, two, three that are left, that is a big deal. So I'm, I, I, you're, you're football intelligent. So I'm going to give you the smarts that you picked Cleveland to finish last in this division. So that being said, who do you have in third? This one's a tough one. Well, Sonny, how do you know I'm picking the Browns to finish last? Because, like I said, you have at least a good football intelligence. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the Browns are going to finish last. See, um, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I think everybody, even people that don't watch football, know that the Browns suck. Worst so. team in the NFL, by far, <laughs> like hands down. I mean, it's that, that's as sure as a pick as you know picking Floyd Mayweather last night in that fight against McGregor. So, um, so there yep. you go. But yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, I like Miles Garrett. I think he can be a guy that can be one, you know, a, a, a top pass rusher in the league one day. Uh, but that's not going to win you a whole lot of football games. Ask the Houston no. Texans about that. It's yeah. just, it, it, it comes down to that one position. You know, if you have your quarterback, then you're going to be, then you're going to, you're going to be a team that can contend for a championship. Now, I'm not blaming the Browns. There just wasn't, you know, a quarterback worth taking number one overall this year. So um, next year you'll they'll probably have the number one or two pick next year, and they yeah. can go out and get one of these these young quarterbacks that are going to be coming out in the draft. It's going to be a pretty stacked quarterback class next draft, Sonny. You you you'll see. Um, yep. But uh, and, that, and that'll be that'll be the Browns' time to go and and grab one of these guys up and, and make them the franchise and give them the keys. But, I mean, this year, yeah, it's, it's not looking good. I mean, yes, they have Brock Osweiler, a guy who has experience, and that's great and all. It's still the Browns. And they're still they're terrible. Still the Browns. <laughs> yeah. So, now, they'll win more than one game. I give them that. Yep. They're going to win more than one I game. I said Brock Osweiler is worth five games. They're going to win five games this year. Now, granted, now, I don't know what five they are. Uh, but, that's a yeah. little too much. That's a little too much love, Sonny, in my opinion. I uh, know. I hey, Bra- hey, Brock Osweiler will win them five games. Yeah, Brock Osweiler is not as bad as everybody seems to think he is. And now that he's in, in uh, Cleveland, there's no expectations so he can play I'll well. I'll give him three. I'll give him five games. <laughs> I'll give him three. So who, you got him three, so I got a little more love for Brock. So who do you have in third? I mean, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. I mean, 
These are normal playoff teams, Cuervo, when we talk about it. Who do you got there? Yeah, this one's, this one's hard as hell. Yeah, this one. I think, was, it, I, I think it's so easy. Maybe it's me, but uh, I think it's so easy. Go for it. Yeah, I know. I know you picked Baltimore to finish third, and, and I, I think did. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm right there with no you. No six that's weeks, no, no quarterback that's going to kill you at the beginning of the season. Uh, because regardless of with Joe Flacco coming back, um, I don't think they could – I don't think they can recover – from a two and four start, that's one of the things. Or if they even win the two games. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what Flacco's got. To, he can bring this year. You know, the problem though is that you got the quarterback, but you have nobody to quarterback to throw to. That's a problem. Yep. You know, I mean, there's only so many Tom Brady's in this world. Actually, there's only I'm one. Assuming. So, you know, it, it, it. You got so you got that. You know, and then defensively, I mentioned earlier, one of the, the captains of the defense at 25 years old decided he's going to retire. So that was that was a huge blow for them. Yep. So really, really, I mean, there's not a whole lot I like about this Ravens team this year. I mean, you yep. just got to hope that Terrell Suggs somehow gets 15 sacks this year, and I, I just don't see that happening. So He's coming off injury too, so. Yeah, and maybe maybe because I like the Ravens a little bit, Sonny. Uh, that's why I kind of didn't want them to. I didn't want to pick them third, but I had to, I had to be real with myself and say that their their roster is just not as good as Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So, yep, I've got. I'm right there with you. I got Baltimore finishing third. So looking at the second place, you only got Cincinnati. You have Pittsburgh. Do you go tradition over? Uh, I don't even know what you call the call the Bengals. I mean, sorry, because you can't call it. I, I, oh, I know what you call them. The coach that has a picture with a goat and the owner. It's the only thing I can think of. So, going in second place, who do you got going there? Uh, the team with the picture of the goat and the owner. I, Cincinnati. I, I'm right there. Yep. Yep. So. Um, I AJ mean, I McCarron like, start on seven other football teams in the NFL if he got out there or got the opportunity to. I can think of seven teams that he could start for right now in the NFL, AJ McCarron. Well, you know, and my question is why haven't they made that deal yet? I mean, is there a reason they're holding it. on to AJ McCarron? Yes. I think, yes, because I think he's going to start still... in midseason, Cuervo, is what's going to happen because if nah. Andy Dalton doesn't get going, A.J. McCarron has always been the answer. It's the reason why they well, held on to him. They could have got well, a lot for him as well. Well, you know what? If they do that, then then they need to trade Andy Dalton away. Absolutely. There's no way you, you keep him on the bench. you got to let they, him go and get They should have got rid of him, him in the offseason because there's seven other teams that could use him too. Well, I mean, that sounds like a great idea, Sonny, but, I, but I'm pretty sure didn't they just extend Dalton? Last year or two years ago? Two like years before that. Years? Yeah, two years yeah, so before that's a, that. That's a big commitment. Well, that's a huge cap hit. That's a huge yep. cap hit. And that you, they can't afford to do that. that so they can only afford to do it is if they do it and if they get rid of him uh, to where it wouldn't affect the cap. See, here's the thing. 
they could trade Andy Dalton. It's just how much it would end up ultimately hitting the cap. They wouldn't take the whole hit, but they take at least a 50% hit of that cap. And that, that well, kills a team like the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, you find, a, you find a team that you can sucker them into doing the trade and get them to pay, you know, what, 30, 40% of, of the cap hit, something like that. And I think you'd won 50. I mean, you, obviously, you, buy, you you end up selling lower than you do high, but I would I would see if someone would sucker it up for 50% because look at the teams that are out there that are desperate for quarterbacks. You've got the Buffalo Bills in that division. They need a quarterback. Jacksonville needs a quarterback really bad. The Jets are god-awful at quarterback. Um, and depending on what you think about what's happening in other parts of the div- uh, other uh, divisions, I mean, you know, I don't know how anybody feels really comfortable if you're the Rams. Um, it, that'd be a team. San Francisco is another team that needs quarterback. I mean, there are many opportunities out there. It's whether how much they're going to take a hit of that cap hit because it'll affect them too. Right, right. And, you know, I could see him going to a warm weather team like San Francisco or Jacksonville, yep. something like that. Just his – uh. He's not that big, strong-arm quarterback that you that you would normally want in in one of those cold weather places that you know you got to zip a ball through you know the, through the snow and things like that. That's what makes Pittsburgh so so successful and, and Baltimore so successful. They got you know big-arm quarterbacks with big frames. So it's um, I you know, Andy Dalton's well, not that guy. He's not that I guy. Agree. So. He I needs think, to be uh, back. Andy Dalton would be a great Houston quarterback, and like you said, San Francisco would be a good spot for him. <clears throat> Another place. You're right. I think warm weather. When you think Andy Dalton, I mean, remember, I mean, he's a he's a Texas Tech uh, Texas Tech guy. I mean, it's always warm down here. So yeah, definitely looking good. And and Pittsburgh, I mean, they're just the class of the division on both sides of the ball. Now, are they the best on both sides of the ball? No, they're not. Um, but when you combine them being second, uh, you know, being the second best, th- that wins you the division. Right, right, and and you know that's that's why that's why I think the good old Steelers are going to win this division. Yep, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, and now, you know, granted, there's the asterisk on, you know, um, you know, their their quarterback position, and you know whether or not Ben Roethlisberger can stay healthy. Um, so there's 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 that asterisk if they can remain healthy. But even in this point, Cuervo, I mean, this is a football team that finds a way to win games, even when Ben Roethlisberger's not in the lineup, and they usually make playoffs. I mean, and that's with Ben not playing games. I mean, so that tells you how solid they are as a football team as well. They can make the playoffs without their starting quarterback for a few games. And, and there's not too many teams in the NFL where you can say, well, if they don't have their starter, they're going to they're gonna make the playoffs. There are not too many of them you can say that that happens. But when you – somehow the Pittsburgh Steelers get it figured out. Yeah, they got it figured out, Sonny. I mean, and, you know, that's why – the Steelers are a playoff team every single year. The only thing that I, that I worry about with the Steelers is, 
please stop getting suspended. I mean, every year they got somebody suspended on that damn team. So yep. they have to suspension. You know, they're finally going to get Bryant back. Um, Le'Veon Bell, please stay not suspended. You know, do the, do the Steelers a favor, at least for one year. Don't get caught doing stupid things. Um, Don't get caught behind the eight ball really fast. You know, defensively, they're coming around. I mean, it's obviously not Troy Polamalu days anymore, but they're, they're starting to come back around. I'll tell you what, Ryan Shazier, Sonny, that, that's the name to look out for for Defensive Player of the Year this year. I agree with you. That guy has got some major, major talent. And he's, and the fact of the matter is, is if he was on any other football team, Cuervo, we would be talking about him. The spotlight would be on him. But since it's the Steelers, the, the, the steel curtain, you know, what that defense is all about, he just blends in up there more so than stand out. And you're on mute again. And um, I lost him. Have one more time for me, please. I, I, I said, you know, on on any other football team, he stands out. But when you're on the Steelers, he just blends in. And that's the difference. Well, so I think you're absolutely right. He, he's got Steeler written all over him. He, he, he's, yep. He's that nasty linebacker that, you know, gets 100 and some odd tackles a year so. That that's why when they drafted him, it was the perfect fit. And now you add JJ's brother to the mix. That's why I say the Steeler defense is starting to come back to what it once was. I think you're right, and that and that only bodes well for them and every other team in this division. You know, when you look defensively at the Steelers, you've got to figure out how you're going to beat them. And there's not too many places that you're going to beat this football team on. Why? Because they only make so many mistakes in a row, Cuervo. They figure out a way to stop mistakes. And that is the difference between the Pittsburgh Steelers and a lot of teams. Once you get beat, they figure out a way to make sure that they don't get beat like that consistently. When you're a bad football team, that's what you do. You go for it. You you go for the jugular. If you can beat them deep down the field, you just continually do that. But if it's the Steelers, that don't happen. They figure out a way to solve that problem, and that's one of and that's the reason why we talk about the Steelers making the playoffs each and every year. Okay, I'm I'm not on mute. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, good. They're a solid team this year, Sonny. They're solid. Yep. I think they are too. Yeah, exactly. Be good. Don't let Roger Goodell get in your back pocket. Now, of course, I mean your wallet. So that having been said, let's talk about it. We're going to go overtime, so you got to hang out with us on overtime. Let's head into the NFC North. And the reason why we're doing two divisions because next week we're going to talk about who's going to make the Super Bowl before week number one. So that's the reason why we're popping in two of these. The Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, you know, I I call this the blue-collar division because when you mention every single one of these teams, you talk about, you know, bruising types of football teams, normal teams that run them. Uh, yeah, yeah, the smash mouth football back to the old days. Well, 
you know, there's there's some different. This by far Cuervo, and the other ones were tough. But this one was one division I felt kind of weird about because I think that there could be changes at at the top. But the fact that Minnesota, unfortunately, for some reason, I mean, and I don't know the extent of Teddy Bridgewater's injury. I just know he's going to miss time. And when that happens, you don't win football games immediately. I think in order to win this division, Cuervo, you've got to get out to a good start. Because if you don't and you're not Packers, you're not going to win this division. And the Minnesota Vikings, I think, even though they got Sam Bradford, which is a capable backup, when you don't have Teddy Bridgewater in the lineup, you you just automatically take a couple of steps back. So I got the Minnesota Vikings finishing last in this division. And never mind the fact that they lost Adrian Peterson, I would have moved them up a couple of spots with the guy on the roster. Guess what? He's not there. That doesn't help them. So I I, I don't have a lot. I mean, I, I love the co- coach of this football team, but he's got injury problems with his eyes and everything else. So you've got that problem. You've got your head coaches might not be able to see everything game-wise and things of that sort. That hurts your football team. Now, Minnesota out on the football field don't have your, you know, franchise quarterback that hurts. That's one of the major reasons why I have Minnesota in last place in this division. Bravo, Sonny. Bravo. I thought we were going to have a real scuffle just now. I thought you were going to pick the Bears to finish last. (laughs) No. No, the Bears are not. And and here's the thing. If they have Teddy Bridgewater in the lineup, that helps them. But I don't know if that's enough to move them out there. I think the fact that their head coach has a sight problem, and and I don't mean to sound insensitive for the coach. I think this hurts this football team. I think the fact that he can't see everything that he wants to see during the game, I think is might be the biggest target on this football team. And and say whatever you want about the talent out on the football field, even if they had Teddy Bridgewater out there, I think their most valuable person on this football team is their head coach. And and they don't get him a hundred percent each and every week. And I think that really the detached retina is a bad, bad thing to have when you're a head coach of a football team. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, you know, I don't know if I agree with Minnesota finishing last, but I will say that a lot of it is going to depend on whether Bridgewater stays healthy or not. Now, do they still have Sam Bradford? Yeah, Sam Bradford's going to start because uh, Bridge, Bridgewater is not going to start for this football team next uh, this year. Cuervo, um, he's still up underneath. Uh, if I'm, if everything I remember, I read about three weeks ago, um, he's not going to start this year. Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to start off. Uh, I it, and I'm going to get his status as of right now. Um, they, here, here's get, get this Cuervo. He could be out at least from what this thing is saying. Um, he could return for the season, which means he's going to miss most of the season. That knee injury, when that happened, Cuervo, they said it was the most severe knee injury that they've ever come across, that people have ever come across. 
So um, that having been said, Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to be out for a long period of time. And that, that hurts in this division because of the way this division plays, which is brutally honest, is, is a brutal division. It's a physical. It might be the most physical division in football, Cuervo. Yeah, it's the black and blue division, Tony. Did you forget? I didn't. I just, I, I, I know that it's just, I, I forgot initially in talking about it, but yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, so <clears throat> after looking at the division, I, uh, I get, I, I'm sure you want me to reveal who I'm. Finish who I'm picking last, right? Yeah, who do you have last in this division? As you, you look, I mean, I, obviously it's not the Vikings, so I, I'm, no. I'm, in, I'm interested, Cuervo. Who do you got there? Yeah, this this is going to come as a probably the biggest surprise you've you've ever had on this show yet, but it hurts to say it. My Chicago Bears are going to finish last in this division. Wow. I I, yeah. I gave them third square vote because of potential. No. Now, not because of uh-huh. what they what they are doing, Cuervo. Let's be honest. They've looked god-awful in the preseason. I haven't ignored that, by the way, just to let you know. But yeah. uh, uh, Sam, Sam Bradford is adequate. At the the quarterback position, but I I think I even t- take the the potential of what the rook could do at the quarterback position for your Bears. Well, the, what I what I think Minnesota's got going for them, Sonny. Yes, they lost AP, and that's you know that sucks and whatnot. However, see the difference between New Orleans and Minnesota is that. Minnesota actually replaced Adrian Peterson with a younger guy by drafting Dalvin Cook. Dalvin I like him. He's going to be good. He's going to be real good. The defense That's is they, solid. Well, Cuervo, I'll only say that I'll only say is if they get him in the passing game. If they if they only put him at the running game, forget it. I mean, this guy's going to get squashed like a bug. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I, I just feel like, uh, you know, the the Bears they they still got a lot of work to do, Sonny. That's why they're going to finish yeah. last. Yeah. So you have the Bears in last. You have Minnesota in third. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm still kind of torn between Minnesota and Detroit. I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to pick to finish. That, that that one I might have to revisit before the start of the season, because. But as of now, as of now, I'm going to say Detroit finishes third. Wow. I got yeah, Detroit. I, I, just, I got Detroit in second, just because I, when I picked this division, Cuervo, this was it wasn't rocket science at all. And, and we could talk about all the other positions on the football field. I just ranked them by quarterback, who was the best. 
And, you know, frankly, um, I put your Chicago Bear rookie quarterback over Sam Bradford um, because of the potential. So, you know, obviously you know which way I went uh, trying to figure out this division. Matthew Stafford is going to become one of those quarterbacks that the best thing that could have ever happened to him is they got rid of that wide receiver, uh, Calvin Johnson. Or Calvin Johnson actually got rid of himself. He retired. Uh, but that, and we talked about it last year, Cuervo. I mean, this guy's rejuvenated. He's throwing the ball around. He, he still doesn't find the tight end. I don't know what it is. I think he's allergic to tight ends. But take away from that, he spreads the ball around pretty well, at least in the end zone for tight end. He does get the tight end between the 20s. But the most valuable place where you can get your tight end involved in the game is obviously in the red zone and getting it into the end zone. But I think Matthew Stafford is allergic to the tight end in the end zone. So take away from that, Matthew Stafford has been able to deliver the ball everywhere. Um, so when I looked at this division, I'm not going to – if I sat here and said – see, if if the Green Bay Packers all of a sudden doesn't make the playoffs, it'll be because there's too much weight on the shoulder of Aaron Rodgers, which I've been preaching about now. This is my third year talking about it. Um, I'm just – you know, I just – when I look at the division – I don't see the Detroit Lions to do the same thing they did last year, which is win games in the final minute of the fourth quarter. They're going to lose some of those games, and they're going to drop down. That's the reason why Green Bay wins them. Oh, I'm going to be sick to my stomach just hearing you say that. Makes me sick. I know. (laughs) Why? You know, I really don't care that they win the division. I just want the Bears to beat Green Bay. That's all I want. Yes. That's too much yeah, to That's all you want. That's all you want. You better hope your rookie comes off, it comes off and, and, uh, and no one knows enough about him to, you know, Dak Prescottish is what you need your quarterback to come back in order for him to win against Green Bay. I hate the fact, too. And, and, and as much as – you know, we're, we're kind of joined at the hip. I'm a Chicago Bear fan. I'm a realist on all football teams, even my team. Bears and Jaguars, they just stink. They're just not good. Um, and the reason why the, the Bears aren't good is because they don't spend the money in the right places. Or they spend it on the wrong person, and we saw that with Jay or Cutler. Or they don't spend it at all. Yeah, but they, the they, their, their, payroll is, their payroll is a just disgusting piece of paper when you look at this. And and I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'm just going to say it. I think the Cleveland Browns spend more money than the Chicago Bears. That's how bad the Bears spending the money is. Which is non-existent. Done. (laughs) I'm done. I know. I mean, you're right. Yeah, it's kind of bad when you've got the Cleveland Browns beating you out on free agency and spending money. and Absolutely. As a matter of fact, the Browns, as far as grabbing talent, I think they've done better than the Bears at big time. Um, it, they just haven't been able to put together out on the football field because they don't have a quarterback. Uh, take away from that, I mean, in the past few years, I remember going into the season talking about, you know, the Browns having a relatively good free agency. And 
Uh, now, granted, I didn't pay attention this year. They're just that bad. I don't know who they picked up, nor do I care. But the years before that, Cuervo, they had good, good free agency. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's 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 been some good and there's been some bad years when it comes to free agency. Um, this year was wasn't too bad. I mean, there were some there were some decent names. Um, but I'm glad the Bears were patient with uh, with the free agency this year. They got some guys that um, got you know guys. you can get just as good production for less. Kind of like yeah. what they did last year when they got Trevathan and Freeman, the, the linebackers. They went out and got Demps this year from the Texans. They got yeah. Prince Akamara from Jacksonville. Um, so they got you know, the Dallas yeah. Cowboys defense, which means they will play more than what they're worth, and that's what the Dallas Cowboys defense did last year. Right, but you know, but, you know, to me, I mean, it's all about the value of the dollar. I mean, some of these guys, yeah. free agency, like, let's be real, is Alshon Jeffrey really worth fourteen million dollars as a wide receiver when he gets hurt a lot and? You know, who's to say that he's not going to get caught doing uh, uh, PEDs again? So exactly. You know, the Bears I think there was a reason why he did that, Cuervo. I, I, and I'll be honest out. with you, I think Austin Jeffrey's problem was Jay Cutler, and I'll put I'll I'll throw that out well, there that was because when problem. you got a quarterback who doesn't care, how can you expect your wide receivers, the biggest diva on the football field, that wants to win? But when you don't have a quarterback who wants to win, I mean, I think Austin yeah. Jeffries was a victim of who was throwing him the football. Well, I mean, that was, Jay Cutler was everyone's problem in Chicago, whether you were a player, whether you were a coach, a fan of the team, uh, an employee of the team. You know, you were the janitor. You probably didn't like Jay Cutler. So that was everybody's problem in Chicago was, was Jay <laughs> He just brought everybody me. down. Yeah, he did with that with that that snarly attitude. I don't even know what word to use, but it was just a, a nonchalant, like kind of like a, a seemed like he didn't care. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to think of the word for it, and it's on the tip of my tongue, but. This is kind of like that that pouty attitude, you know, kind of like he's pouting all the time. He doesn't, he, you know, like whatever. I'm just upset, you know, because, you know, I don't know, whatever reason. He's just all like a very pouty attitude, and yep, we got tired of it as a bear. As as a Bears fan, I got tired of it. Um, now, you right. know, and, and, and you just mentioned you mentioned it with Alshon Jeffrey. You know, Brandon Marshall was the same way. They just got tired of his of his pouty attitude, and that's why a lot of people. Got fed up with him. Martellus Bennett got fed up with him. Wanted to fight him just about every day when he was in Chicago. So, <laughs> you know that that he was he was the virus in Chicago, and now, you know that organization has been set free of that virus, and now it's time to move on. See what we got. But Trubisky, you know, you mentioned Trubisky just a minute ago. Um, the Bears just finished their their dress rehearsal game, which they won, by the way. Uh, right. They're down. They, uh, you know, Trubisky uh, throws 
he threw a nice 45-yard touchdown pass. So I'm telling you, Sonny, I like what I see so far. And it's preseason, and I get that. But Absolutely. So you're and showing it's always signs, nice to and that's feel all that optimistic. It's always nice to feel optimistic, you know, within the Most realm. Definitely. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have so you have the Packers win the division. So the big question: do, do you have Minnesota in second, or do you have them in third? No, no, I've, I like Minnesota to finish second. Um, I still think they have a very strong roster overall. Um, I think people are overvaluing the uh, loss of Adrian Peterson. I don't think it's as big of a loss as people think. So I don't think Minnesota lose lost the whole whole lot letting Peterson go. I think they're pretty much the same team they were last year. So I think they finished second in this division. Yeah, I I don't think I think that I think losing the coach is a big one. Mike Zimmer not being able to see what he needs to see is a big, big thing. And I, I think that's gonna be more of an effect on this team than the actual players. So that that's something that we'll we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be an interesting division, Cuervo. It is. I mean, they call it the back and blue division for a reason. I mean, you know, the Bears-Packers is the oldest rivalry in football. Uh, all four of these teams can't stand each other. So it's 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 always a good physical game amongst the four teams, no matter who's playing each other. So, you know, it's it's yep. always it's always a, a rough, tough division. So, it, definitely. So, that that's all the divisions now. Cuervo, yeah, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I, I'm going to be honest. I watched the fight. Um, and what I said about the footing when I first thought Conor McGregor might be able to do it, and then I saw a footing. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Conor McGregor. As much as, as much as I'm not going to tell him he sucks, okay, uh, to his face, because he beat the living bloody hell out of me, he's not a boxer, okay? He's not a boxer. He's not even close, Cuervo. And I'm just going to put it out there. If Conor McGregor decides that he's going to make boxing a new career, he's going to get his ass handed to him because it is a different thing, it, you know, I, I frankly, you know, some people thought he won the first three rounds. Oh, fine, whatever. So you could just see May, Mary Mayweather just toying with this guy for a little while. It's almost like he had a bet that it would go ten rounds and he'd win an extra hundred million uh, if it went ten rounds. And I think that's well, what ended know, up happening. He just toyed with him through the whole thing. You know, what's funny about that, Sonny, is that he tried to bet on the game, on the fight and they wouldn't let him. <laughs> they, they, he actually tried to bet on himself, and Vegas wouldn't let him do it. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I guess it's they maybe they consider that tampering. I don't know, but yeah, um, it might be something. <laughs> but, but yeah, when you're Vegas betting on yourself, of... it's not like he's going to throw the fight and throw away a hundred million bucks. You know, you. <laughs> I mean, they let Pete Rose do it, right? So what's the big deal? Yeah, right, exactly. Anyway. He just didn't have an agent to do it for him. Yeah, but you know, here's the deal, though, Sonny. First of all, Conor McGregor did exactly what Floyd wanted him to do. He fell right yep. into the trap. I think you're right, and I know what that Floyd trap Meadows, is. Go with it. 
well, this, this even I figured it out, and I'm not a boxer by any means. I'm not a professional fighter by any means. Floyd will allow you to take control of the first two to three rounds. All he's doing is trying to get a feel for you, your speed, yep. your 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 feet, you know, what kind of combos you throw, things like that. But when that third, fourth, fifth round hits, now it's his turn. He also lets you, he allows you to wear yourself down too a little bit. So Conor McGregor, the one went, thing I he went balls to the wall the first three rounds, and he he yep. let him do exactly what Floyd wanted him to do. So balls to the wall, make him feel like he had the advantage, and then when that fourth round hit, that's when he started to to slowly uh, get at him, and he he was he was figuring out because I mean. Connor McGregor had the the reach advantage, okay? Yes. He's about what three four inches taller, maybe more. Three four inches taller, longer maybe arms. four or five inches on the arms. Yeah, so he's got the reach advantage. So so Floyd had to figure out a way how to get around the uh, you know the long arms that McGregor's got, and he he finally figured it out in about the fifth round. Yep. From there, you know McGregor was starting to get. You know, a little bit fatigued. You know, he didn't have his hands up. I don't know if you noticed that. He, he was taunting him, putting his hands behind his back. Yep. The only, the only regret that I have in that fight is that I wish the referee wouldn't have stopped him so he can put his ass on the ground. <laughs> Honest to God. That, he I, wasn't I defending himself, Cuervo. I, I think it was a right call. He went, At that time, hey, like you said, he was just setting up his game plan in round five, six, and seven, and eight before he decided to go into town in nine and ten. I mean, he was just figuring out. He was learning how to read the map of what Conor McGregor was. And once he figured it out, he just put the gas on in nine and ten. Never mind yeah, that. I mean, Conor McGregor looked like he had two left feet out there. I mean, his and, and like initially, I was like, if the guy could take a punch, he might win this. And then I saw those things. He's got the worst foot. I, I, I'm going to say it. He's got the worst footwork of any boxer I have ever seen. Now, granted, I don't watch a lot of boxing, Cuervo. So, but I've watched enough to realize that was the worst, uh, the worst footing of any boxer I have ever seen in the history of boxing that I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot, but I haven't seen as much as you. But God, he he just looked horrible. I mean, he doesn't even look like a boxer. He well, because he's not. He's a mixed martial yeah. artist. And I think the last thing Floyd Mayweather wanted was for a non-boxer to punk him in his own sport. I mean, he wasn't gonna yeah. let him disrespect him in his own sport. So, exactly. You know, when the when the ninth, tenth round came. I, I had called it in the ninth. I was like, at the very beginning, I'm like, it's going to go the distance. There's too much money that this fight made for it to not go the full 12 rounds, right? That was my initial thought. I think I said that on this show about a month ago when we talked yep, about the fight. Yep, you did. So, yep. <laughs> I was like, it's going to go the distance, and Floyd's going to win by decision. But when when the when the seventh round ended... I remember this distinctly. When the seventh round ended, I said it's going to be over in the ninth, and and it almost it almost did end in the ninth. But then the tenth came around, and that one punch that that made 
McGregor, you know, fall backwards but not to the ground, I was like, this thing's about to be done. And I yep. and I thought he was going to put him on the ground, but the ref stopped it, and it was all she wrote. So yeah, I thought I I, I have to admit I you know I was listening to some commentators afterwards talking about you know yeah. it was entertaining. I gotta I gotta tell you, Cuervo, I don't think it was entertaining at all. I found it quite boring I actually. Thought, no, Sonny, what fight were you watching? I, what fight were I, you watching, Sonny? That I wasn't falling for it, Cuervo. That's the reason why I wasn't falling for. It. Oh, look at how great McGregor is doing. I didn't fall for it, and I'll tell you the reason why. It was obvious. I didn't think he was worth a lick. I mean, and it bored me. It really did. He landed a punch. It was, listen, when, when you see Floyd May- Mayweather smiling in the corner and looking towards the camera, hoping it was looking at him, listen, May- Mayweather wasn't even close. And, and frankly, the, land, the shots that he landed didn't make it interesting. I'm sorry. I was bored. I really was. I was watching. I was going, all right, how long is he going to toy with this dude? Before he pops him one good one, and that's going to be the end of it. I really did. I thought he was going to knock his ass out, but you know, it, it, and I, but I wasn't impressed by McGregor. I wasn't, and I might be the only one. But then again, I don't know boxing as much as others. But I don't think he was impressive at all. I thought he was quite boring. I thought he was flat-footed, and he, it just it, it it looked like it looked like a horrible boxing match. But it was expected, though, Sonny. I mean, Conor McGregor, again, he's not a professional boxer. He's a, he's a mixed martial artist. So for him to survive 10 rounds like he did, I think really surprised a lot of people. It didn't surprise me, though. I thought it was going to go the whole way. And on top of that, you know, I, I <clears throat> what surprised me was that McGregor actually, quote-unquote, landed more punches than I thought he would. Now a lot of them were love caps to the fore, for, to the uh, forehead, but it didn't. You know, to count those as punches landed was a joke. The punches that Mayweather was landing were obviously causing damage. I mean, McGregor had a black yeah. eye, you know, after the fight. So um, the little love taps that McGregor was giving Mayweather was a joke. You know, to sit there yeah. and count those as punches landed was was ridiculous. So. Listen, Mayweather toyed with this guy. He he toyed with him most of the way, Cuervo. Not by a little, but by a lot. He just toyed with him. No, it just just bugged me because, you know, everybody's saying that McGregor fought Mayweather better than Manny Pacquiao did. Like, really? We're going to go there? No way. No way. Did they actually went there? Well, because the numbers say so, Sonny. Like, McGregor landed more punches in less rounds than Pacquiao did in a full 12. Well, this is the thing. Pacquiao's punches, he probably, Mayweather probably felt those a lot more than those little love taps that McGregor was giving him. So, yeah. I mean, in reality, to me, those numbers that they, that they keep flashing was, was a joke. I mean, tell me how much damage did, did, McGregor do to, to Mayweather's face. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Mayweather was barely exactly. sweating at the end of the fight. Yeah. That's that's why I thought he was toying with him and that's why I found it boring. 
I, I did not find it exciting at all. I'm, I must be the only one in this country because I was completely bored with it. Completely. Oh, I, I, did, just, I didn't find any excitement. I thought it was entertaining just to see an MMA fighter try to get in the boxing ring with, with you know, arguably the best boxer of this generation. Now, like I said before, though, the best the best fight of the year is is, is yet to is yet to come. That that's coming next month. Yeah, I watched that little thing that you put out there, and 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 just in that couple minute video that you put on your Facebook, it, it showed the different style and what boxing is compared to, and that was and it, that just kind of like cemented my feeling about how boring that fight was because you're not going to see that kind of fight with McGregor in it, it compared to that video was that video in what two minutes was more entertaining in my opinion than than the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight. Yeah, I, I just wanted to see McGregor get KO'd because of all the nonsense he was talking and all that stuff and you know, trying yeah. to say that he's he's the new king of boxing. It's like, okay buddy, you know, this is your first this is your first professional boxing match, so this is your first rodeo, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mayweather has done this forty-nine times before, and oh, by the way, he's never lost. So, you know, yeah. big difference. Big, big difference. Yeah. So, interesting fight. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't say it was interesting. I know a lot of people found it entertaining. I didn't. I'm just, you know, just, yeah. You know. Yeah, lotty lotty guys. So, well, that's gonna yep. do it, Cuervo. I mean, uh, we 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 finished it out. Next week, Cuervo, we need to figure out um, what we're gonna do as far as playoffs and Super Bowl. We'll do all that next week. Does that sound good? Uh, it sounds like an awesome plan to me, Sonny. I'm I'm ready. All right, all right, sounds good. We'll do that on the couch, but we gotta start early on that one. So. Uh, let's start at 9 o'clock, and then we'll be ready for the week after that if you're able, okay? Perfect. All right, Perfect. so we're going to get started with our regular time starting next week. It's kind of like our preseason, so we'll do that on the Couch Potato Sports Show next time we're out and about. Everybody have a good one. Have a good Sunday. We'll catch you next Sunday here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, everybody, we're out of here. Bye-bye. <laughs>